All right. You're going to set this off. One of the greatest producers of all fucking time. His birthday was yesterday, so we're going to give him his flowers right the fuck now. Shit. Welcome to the Don't Ever Think It podcast with your host, my uncle, Dominican Johnny. Yeah. You know what it is, goddammit. Happy belated DJ fucking premiere. Yo, I'll pop your lid, I got to live. Yeah. I ain't tall, but I can show y'all what a problem is. I like the zone, I'm nice with chrome. Happy birthday, Prime. I played the game, I stay the same. But I can switch styles, pick files. I'm like gravy trails. Shot the Around the globe. Happy birthday, DJ Premier. Rest in peace, Guru. One of the greatest producers of all fucking time. Motherfucker came out, what, 86, 87? It's 2022, and he's still the shit. Happy 56th belated birthday, DJ Premier. So, you know, I already know. In case you didn't, this is what it is. Welcome to the Don't Ever Think It podcast with your host, my uncle, Dominican Johnny. That's what it is, goddammit. And it's gonna be all instrumentals, all premier instrumentals this whole time. Y'all don't like it? Fuck off. Shit. I stay loyal to my to my primo shit. Call it East Coast biased. Call it boom bap. Call it old school. I don't give a damn. So this is going to be in the background all night, the whole episode. And got some nice long ass clip too with a bunch of his instrumentals. Anyways, shout out to all the hip hop heads out there. Uh, thank you everybody for uh, joining me again. Uh, let me get the fellas on the phone. See how many of them show up to, uh, for tonight's episode. A couple of little topics as usual. So we'll see who hops on. But this is what it's going to be, though. This is going to be primo all night. Yo. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm about to say, you better turn that shit off. <laughs> What's going on, Ock? I'm not going to watch Maternity Court. Maternity shit. Court. Yeah, you need to watch this. <laughs> Maternity Court. Oh, God. Yeah, I like drama. Fuck. I uh, know. I remember back in the day. Remember, we used to go out. He used to be like, "Man, I don't believe that shit." When chicks be saying to be pregnant, be like, "Oh yeah, what we having?" That's it. You <laughs> don't scare me at all. Yo, that shit was funny as fuck. You were the only people. Uh, that. What? Yeah, I'm pregnant. Yeah, I. Fuck <laughs> me. Especially his dad. You, I don't want to keep it. I even keep this motherfucker. I ain't giving you shit. <laughs> like, bitch, you want three hundred dollars? You better go somewhere else. Yeah, we, we, we're going to figure this out after the nine months is up. Yeah. <laughs> it's just hilarious. But yeah, I'm, I'm playing all primo instrumentals in the background because it was his birthday yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, I was Buck. Buck's yep. Yep, yep, yep. Happy birthday, Buck. I already, you know, wished him a happy birthday and everything. So, you know, maybe one day. I'm going to it today. Yeah, maybe. I'm about the show tonight. Yeah. You recording? Oh, you, you saying up? Oh no, we on, we on, we in this bitch. Oh, I right, gotta give a big shout out to my man. Check out my man Cat on the amp, on the amp, uh, the amp app. Uh, he got like a, a show, plays classic hip hop. He, he, he kind of like doing his own thing. He has different time slots. I was on there. I was one of his guests the other day. The big up to my man Cat. Big up to my man Cat on the amp app. Uh, check out his show. Check out his show. Uh, Amp, I forgot his whole name, whatever. Next time I come, I'll plug it a little bit better. <laughs> All right. Shout out to the Capinator. You know, maybe one of these nights we'll have him come back on and shit, you know, give his two cents. 
Uh, uh. Yeah, I'm playing all primo instrumentals. You hear it? I can't see you, nigga. You can see me. I see you. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. I wonder why the fuck I was big. <laughs> because you're you supposed to be big when I'm supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. What? you got you got to adjust. I'm looking at myself, but that's because you're doing it from a Mac. That's what it is. That's all. That's all. But yeah, we got. No, nah, I'm actually back on the phone. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Well, either way, you sound good. You sound good. It sound better. Yeah, if I'm on my buds. Yeah, if I'm on buds. Yeah, that's what you be sounding like sometimes. Vinny, what up? Yeah, Yo. what up? My bad, I didn't hear the call. It's all good. It's all good. Shit, we're playing all uh all instrumental, all premier instrumentals because it was his birthday yesterday. Okay. Okay. 56 years. That nigga's years. old. Yeah. Yeah, I'm about to say, that nigga older than me. Yup. Yup, by a good, what, three years, right? No, two. I got him by two. Two? Yeah. Shit. He's 66 or 68. Yeah, yeah, that shit's crazy. Shit. But, oh, his, what's even funnier? Guru was almost six years older than him. Guru would have been 60 like this shit. Yeah, he would have been 60. God damn. Yeah, remember when Guru met him, Guru already graduated from college. He met him. He met him in like '86. He already graduated college. That's crazy. Yeah, Guru was born like I think Guru was born like '63 or '62. Damn, he was up there, man. Matter of fact, Google him. No, no, I got, I got. Oh, I'm, I'm right here. Uh, Let me, uh, look at, look at, Vinny, I, look at Vinny. Look at Dula being a fact checker tonight. <laughs> yeah, I, I got my my Google's up. Oh yeah, and Vinny, Vinny, um. Give me the significance yeah. of that post before we really get into the topics. Uh, give me the significance. So you got bigger prints of your of your of your drawings, yes, your sir. paintings. Uh, yeah, like my a lot of the stuff I do, I do on like eighteen by twenty four, and then I just uh, I have it, you know, scanned down so that way because most people sell prints at like around eleven by fourteen gotcha. or eleven by seventeen. But uh, people over you know the past couple of years have, have asked if I was offering like oversized prints, and I've done some specific ones for people, but. I've always wanted to see uh, some of my stuff on canvas prints, but when I shopped around for it, it's like the t-shirt thing where like it's usually expensive. So I found a site that was running a a deal on it and they like rotate deals. So it's it's easy to get those in. So I I sent off a few of my, um, you know, files or whatever. And they got it like on a site. You can like see what it looks like, whatever. And then they came, a couple came in and they look decent. So I ordered a few more. So what I'm gonna do is like at the con at Philly, I'm gonna um, you know use those as a as a backdrop, and then if anybody wants them, sell them there, and then make them now like a, a special order request. So like, it's not like prints where I can just print a bunch of them up, and then if I sell them, I sell them. It's expensive, so like if, mm. if somebody wants it, then I'll go get one printed up. When we get off the phone tonight, I got a plug for you. You know the All same right. way. Cool. You know the same way I get the shirts made. Yeah, they do. I could get your I could get your painting put on a throw. Okay, okay. I got yeah, you yeah, put yeah. on a throw, shower curtain, doormat, uh, t-shirt, hoodie, whatever. So just we'll talk about it after. I'll send you the link. Way yeah, cheaper. But it, it was it was cool because it was like all right, here's a different you know way to like push the shit, get it out there, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. Well, those of you who don't know, Vincent, me and Vincent, we met in '93 in Riverside, uh, Riverside, motherfucker. We met, uh, <laughs> but not that Riverside. Riverside? Exactly. <laughs> Riverside Arts Magnet School, because me and him was both sick with the pen and shit. He stuck yeah, with it more. I, I discovered pussy and everything ended. Um, but <laughs> I still got the eye for creativeness. I just don't put in the time with the with the drawing anymore. But he stuck with it, and his drawings are exceptional. He's actually, I've actually used his. What the hell is that, Dula? 
I ain't sure I had good fucking ball skills. But yeah, he was born in. Uh, go ahead, continue on. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I just want to check. Uh, if anybody wants to check out some shit, check out uh, at Vincent on Art. V I N C E N T D U N N A R T. And then that's my IG page and has everything else in the center. I'm, I'm about to copy this. I didn't know he was nice like that. I'm going to your page. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. I appreciate it, man. I, I know he was nice, but I didn't know he was nice. nice. No, he's nice. I, 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 I got to give you some. What's up? I try, try yeah. brother. Yeah. Dula, this might be one of those mutual mic episodes whenever you're talking, whenever everybody else is in the back. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, I got all the kids. I see. I, I, well, I hear. Yeah. I don't see, but yeah. yeah. Let's see. Yeah. What the hell yeah. is that? <laughs> oh, God. This is going to be a fun one. Anyways. Oh, here we go. Some more. Yeah, I found a, a YouTube page. Let me shout him out while I'm at it. Daniel, what's that? You could tell he's from across seas, though. He got a like a DJ Premier tape, like, and it's all an hour and a half of DJ Premier instrumentals. Mm. And it's funny how overseas they respected that the boom bap era of hip hop way more than over here. Oh, no doubt. It kind of, it, I mean, it makes me wonder, like, is that why J. Rue moved to Germany and just permanently just like left Brooklyn for Germany and been there ever since. You know what I mean? I'm curious yeah. about that. So what would cause that move? Shit. That's a wild move. That's what I'm saying. Like a total different country, you know, different language. Economics. Say what? Economics. Yeah, that's true too. Think about you, how expensive you know, a, lot school, a lot of old school rappers move to Europe, move to South America. Just economics, you can still make a living touring. You can still make a living like there's like no shit that you can't do here. Yeah, you'll at least make a decent living. Yeah, because I heard he's like, I don't know. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's like a DJ over there too. Like, he probably he'll fuck around and have a radio show over there and playing all the vintage. You know what I mean? I, I know he's a big time photographer over there. That, that too, probably too. I I think he's. I, I'm not. I don't know. I, I have to investigate that shit. See if he's a DJ over there too, though. But I always see his his Instagram clips and shit. He he deaded the dreadlocks and put on like a like a top hat now and shit. I was like, okay, go ahead, J. Ru. Shit. <laughs> but uh, anyways, let me see if uh see if any of the other fellas is uh getting on. Let me see because Bruce always says he's gonna come through and then he doesn't. But we'll see. Oh shit! I gotta shut this off. You want to kind of uh, start the topic off, Dula? What you wanted to talk about? Did he just get off? Vince? Oh, there you go. You hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Uh, yeah, Guru would have been 61. Oh, he's 61. Okay, he would have been 61 this year. I'm telling you, yeah, he's up there, right? No, you're saying he was born in 61. No, yeah, but he would have been 61 this year. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. He was 60 last year. God bless his dad. He would have been 61 this year. Word, word. As I said, Guru was old. So Guru started late. Got you. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Like, like, like Chuck D. Yeah. What the, what the blood clot? Yeah, Bruce, you sound like you're getting molested by the Incredible Hulk. You might want to change the mic again, Bruce. <laughs> that nigga sounded like he was getting like... like he was... I thought he was the fifth element. <laughs> <laughs> he sounded like he was sipping slow and no, we cannot hear you. I yeah, it sounds like, like you prank calling us. Yo, Bruce, doing a mashup with the 
episode. He always had this technical difficulty. Yeah, it was the mic. It's always the mic. Oh, he's come through. He can come through. Yeah, he'll be right back. I know. There you go. Let's yeah, see. My bad. There we there go. You go. Hey. <laughs> you sound like dubstep, bro. Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. my bad. I don't know what happened. Can y'all hear me? Yes. Can still hear me? Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Look so just to bring everybody up to speed. Go ahead, bro. I didn't even see the link. You did? I, it got past me, too. I looked at my phone like, oh, shit, they gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, um, me and Giant was talking the other day. Matter of fact, it wasn't even, I was talking to somebody else. And then I brought it up to Giant. And one of the things I was like, yo, what the fuck is this, this magic rule book of hip hop? Like, where we get all these rules? I ain't, I ain't never see a rule written down. Like, what's the corona yeah, hip hop? I remember that. Because everybody's like, oh, you can't do that. You can't do this. You can't do that. Yo, that shit is whack. Oh, you can't do it. Who the fuck says you can't? Where, where's the rules? It's, it's like having a street fight with a fucking referee. Where's the rules? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, it. yeah, because you know it's like in a street fight. My mother's like, oh man, you kicked that nigga. That's cheating. Yeah. Well, what book, nigga? I don't see no rep out here. Nigga, I'm biting, throwing shade, making bombs. What the fuck? I'm saying you got to do the way. Yeah, true. you know what I'm saying? But it's the same concept in hip hop. But like, well, I'm telling you, this this this, this ghostwriting thing is just getting completely out of hand. And I keep trying to tell people. Show me where you're not authentic because you didn't write a song. I said songwriters exist for a reason. Publishing exists for a reason. Yeah, I think the disconnect comes because that's part of the music business. And when you talk about this hip hop shit, like you said, they they invented their own set of rules. Like you have to write your rhymes and you have to live out your rhymes. In the 90s, that was a thing to keep it real phrase, to keep it real air quotes. You know what I mean? Think about how many songs but came out that were titled Keep It Real back then. Vinny, we could have named but, a handful back then. <laughs> but, but, but here's the thing. Probably the largest and the most influential hip-hop song of all time had a ghostwriter. The very first rap record had a ghostwriter. Yeah, but that wasn't on purpose, though. No, it wasn't on purpose, but it still was manufactured by somebody else's pen. True. It's just, again, before at the time, it was a phrase before Ghostwriter. Exactly. Was it was, no, no, Ghostwriter has always been the same in the regular. Just like this, if you go to Motown's catalog, there's three major writers in Motown. Barry Gordy's one of them. The other one was Smokey Robinson. And guess who the third was? Shoot it. Stevie Wonder. Thank you. <laughs> Since he was 12. Since he was 12, he was writing major hits. That's yeah. why Stevie Wonder's always been rich. And that's why when, Ma- when Michael Jackson got older, they used to tell him, Mike, the money isn't in the songs you sing. The money's in the songs you write and produce. That's why Michael Jackson started hanging out with Quincy. and started learning the boards and learning. The people who people say what the fuck they want to say. Mike was a hell of a creator, a hell of a producer, and a hell of a songwriter. When he was given the opportunity to do. Yeah. What's number two? Peace, peace, Lab. Leo just Real jumped in on it. No, can I jump in on something real quick? Uh-oh. Go ahead, go ahead. So somebody put this post up earlier today. This female put this post up. Uh-oh. And I'm like, it's an interesting post, but I'm like, why would they ask this question? But I'm glad that she put it up there. Because she was like, 
And this is not to derail from the conversation, because I just joined in. I'm sorry, but it's an interesting conversation. So check it out. She said, why is it? She said, when you guys go in the bathroom with your phone, what do y'all be doing? And I was like, <laughs> and some dude was like, taking a shit. Okay. So she was like, you need to get your shit checked. And I was like, yo, what he said. But I was like, you know what? I posed this. Since there's always a question, you're always asking the same damn question. How about we go in the bathroom with our phones and leave the door wide the fuck open while we take a shit? So you'll know exactly what we're doing and you can walk in on it now. The thing is, the consequences is you're going to smell some shit. Okay. But you want to know. <laughs> you want to see. You can just walk in there and be like, yo, what you doing? Oh, you on your phone playing this or you watching this at the third. No. I'm taking a shit. But you're so pressed about what I'm doing. I'm going to leave the door open. How about that? Well, I leave the you door open. You get what you want, but the consequences anyway, but... is that you got to smell some shit. Yeah. He's like Kevin Hart right now. I'm with him punchline. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, it's a conversation I'm having. Like, yo, why do they ask those fucking questions? We don't ask y'all that question when y'all be in the bathroom with your phone. Nah, we don't. Nah. We don't. It don't it's not one of those things we're worried about. It. So why we get pressed about being on our phones when we like we can we, be game? we tired of reading Lysol uh the Lysol back of the Lysol <laughs> can. <laughs> And then it's like this. Some people grow like straight up. They have problems like moving their bowels if, if they're not distracted by something else. You hmm. feel me? Hmm. It's the, like sometimes if you have irritable bowels, sometimes you have to sit there for a long time. You need to be distracted. And then, like I say, they tell you to sit there for long hours to get it out, right? Yeah. We need to have Marcos <laughs> on here. He's the, he's the bowel expert. <laughs> the bowel expert. So why would somebody put that dumbass question up? That's what I'm like, yo, y'all want to know? I'm going to leave the door open, wide open from now on. Yeah. Anyway, that's the, that's the, huh? adult, that's the adult version of the toddler who uh, can't stand when mom's in the bathroom and not, not playing with them. Yeah. 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 We, so uh, sometimes we go in the bathroom just to, um, to hide because y'all follow us in. Word. Word. <laughs> This shit behind it. Anyway, what were y'all talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to derail, bro, but it was just one of those things that came up. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> nah, we was talking about uh, this, this fictionary uh, rule book of hip hop. I said, I'm still waiting to see, I'm, I'm waiting to see the, the print version. Because so, everybody got all these fucking rules. I, so what's I, the have rule? of, I have a bunch of answers, but I want to make sure I'm answering properly by making sure I'm understanding the question properly. When you, you pose the question, who made the rules of hip hop? Do you mean on a whole in general over the course of time, or do you mean specific situations like just, just everything, every, everything since since I've been around the conception of hip hop, because it's always oh you can't do that, that ain't hip hop. Oh you can't do that. And I'm like, well, well, well who said? But I know you don't answer that to that though. Your generation, Zulu Nation, African Bravado, all that shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I can say right now, generation. Which is which is true, but but even then it was. A, let me tell you something. One thing hip hop do have is the biggest contradiction. We say one thing and you completely the fucking opposite. Oh yeah, that's the. You know what I'm saying? Looks like I used to laugh all the time. Niggas used to talk. Niggas like, oh man, the nation's about peace, love, and unity. Nigga, tell us the trouble with fucking Mike Rivers. Them niggas just fucked me up yesterday. Word. <laughs> but let me tell you. <laughs> but there's a difference between um, the 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 evolution of the rules of hip-hop, the reason why it's so convoluted is because unlike every other fucking genre, there's 
a constant evolution in hip hop with no subgenre. That's true. Rock is soft rock, hard rock, oldies rock, punk rock. There's so many different things. So like Nirvana and Elton John is two fucking things, but it's both rock. When it comes to hip hop, it's all under the same umbrella, just by the same rules, just by the same uh, class of of listeners that go back from people in their 60s to people in their teens. It's, it's, so you're the saying the umbrella's too big? You're saying the umbrella's too big? The umbrella's too big. There's no there's no reason somebody who listens to young thugs should be listening to hip-hop thinking that the rules apply to someone like Kara. That's a way of looking at it. That's a damn good explanation. That's true. I don't know who made the rules. I'll be thinking about that. Like, who made the rules to the streets? Who made... I mean, it just... Yeah. I feel like it's just an unwritten... See, thing. But, yeah, and to me, I think the biggest wrench in even more into that, Dula, and it adds more confusion, is the social media aspect of it. The social media piece of it. Can, can I ask a question? Go ahead. Didn't we have rules in a sense back in, in the ninth where, where there was like, even like the, 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 the mid, like the late 80s, where we had no biting. Two rappers could have sound alike. Yeah, no biting. Like that was my favorite. You had okay, so you had the introduction of what they call a gangster rap, right? Then you had conscious rap. Then you had the Daisy Age. <laughs> yeah, let me remember that. Yeah. So you had all these different genres then, but I think all of that once we entered, like I would say. I like where you're going with this. Keep going, Leo. I would say basically like once or uh, here's the thing, bro, and this is just my opinion. People might disagree because we had more substance because we had diversity in hip hop back in the day. We did. We had more diversity. We had different genres. We had bro, I, I come from an era where every week, so one week they would release a track you probably listened to it and was like, eh, all right, it's all right, it's cool. Next week, it was something fire that allows you to go back and listen to everything that happened for the previous week and say, oh, that was dope. It was dope because there was variety. We're in an era now where everything is under one umbrella, but because it's not looked at, you know, if they want to call what we hear right now hip-hop. That's what they label as hip-hop when it all sounds the same. Drives it, me crazy. You know what I mean? It's just like... It's just like basically, you know, now everything in, in, in the city itself in real life is being domesticated. Like if you in a hood, you have white people that move in the hood that push everything out, else out. So they want to say that it's suburbs of the suburbs now. They label it as being the suburbs when it was the hood as we knew it before. You know what I mean? So that's just how I label hip hop now. It's like we listen to this genre of music, this era of music where everything sounds the same. We'll we'll probably hear for every one gem we hear that's dope, there's like fifty other songs that sound exactly the same. You know what I mean? And there is no originality, there's there's no there's no substance anymore. People aren't writing. Mm. So when I look at that and I look at the way we had it back then, there were rules or we had different genres then, but I get what Dula is saying, like who, what was like even back then because hip hop was everywhere. What was the rules? Like, what were the rules? Like, what was really 
who was it who was to say that you know basically like for instance we can have a krs1 we can have big daddy kane we can have everybody else back then but then we got a slick rick who was a storyteller so when i'm looking at that like what were the rules what was the rules for hip-hop like what were the rules and what was really hip-hop you know what i mean I feel like the early '90s brought um, the. I, f- I feel like it. The rules got added as time went along. Like um, maybe late '80s, early '90s. I feel like is when the rule was you got to write your own stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that. That's when that became pronounced. I want to say 1990 might have been like really, you know, because um, it was also a time in hip hop where they didn't. You didn't. You didn't have R and B singer on your track you know what i mean like you yeah. didn't have you didn't have singing it was just straight bars yeah i remember q-tip saying if he could he could get he would get rid of r&b mm. you know what i mean and i i don't i don't know and for a while it, that was the thing and then it changed so i feel like the rules the rules do change but i don't feel like they're more i think we just call them rules but yeah. i feel like it's more of um and what was I gonna they're say? Like unwritten Not, rules. They're kind of like unwritten rules. Like something that's like you know I would, you shouldn't do that shit. I wouldn't even say. I wouldn't even call it rules. I would more call it um, guidelines. Nah, just kind of trends. Oh, like okay. hmm. like it becomes a trend, and then that's the rule for the moment. And if we really like it, we kind of cling to that, and then we make it a rule. Like no biting was dope because it gave us that variety. It gave us so many varieties, yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, you pop in a different CD, you could hear yeah, something different. You could you. hear something completely different. I'm but, and we and it, we we cherished that, so we we held it, on to that. It became a rule because we didn't want it to leave. Really? Yeah, Leo, you so, think, go ahead, Leo, go ahead. You think when so basically you're saying is when the no biting rule was taken away, the gate was open for everybody to just kind of jack each yes. other. Yes. I got a take yes. on that. Yep, I have an interesting take on it. Let you me know if y'all because I feel like that's what that, that's what a lot of things because yeah. a yep. lot of things like for instance, I I look at it like I'm like yo, this is crazy because there was a point like literally, and I'll use him as an example. There was a point where I actually liked Drake, bro. <laughs> I did too at the very beginning. In the very beginning, I actually liked that dude, bro. When he was all like, take it home. No, no, even before that. that. Even before that. Before that, but... He was rhyming over ninth beat. Yeah, Yeah. when he was rhyming. But even his first album, when he was fucking with 40. Well, I think he still fucks with 40, but... I mean, when it was really going hard with some original shit. You know what I mean? Like, I did fuck with him. Now, he's just caught in the mix of pretty much everybody else because they're doing exactly what's relevant. So yeah, yeah. And that's the thing is what's relevant for right now. And I kind of, and I think Dula, we had this conversation where we had to. I had to stop and really think about it. I'm like, yo, right now, as much as I don't want to think that I am, I am on some hating shit because <laughs> the thing is, I have to think about it, bro, because. There is a level and there's an evolution of what we want to actually call hip hop, whether we like it or not. Yeah. Yeah. And I think and it's split up. Where it's more connected to this generation, it's their interpretation. Just like when we were growing, we had our interpretation 
of what hip hop was. Each generation, it recycles. It, it well, not recycles, but it changes. It evolves. Yeah, but I don't know if we sound like the, uh, the I don't know if our music sound like the Peanuts teachers. I hear this shit <laughs> today, and all I hear is womp, 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 Yeah, but uh, I'm pretty sure all the, the pack. I'm pretty sure all the, I'm pretty sure when they heard rock you in your face, stab your brain with your nose bone, they were like, why the fuck are y'all so violent? I'm pretty sure that era was looking would, at. But I don't think so, though. I don't remember ever hearing such a backlash from O-Heads listening. I don't to either. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, it was it. Go ahead, dude. Matter of fact, tell him. The, the, whole, the whole concept is still number one was answering Melly Mel because Melly Mel was dissing the shit out of KRS one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Every time you talk about me, Jay Z, none of the motherfuckers can fuck with me. Yo, this nigga got on church shoes and a motherfucking weight belt. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but he still thinks he's the best MC in the world. He's an awesome hater, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? And to an extent, he is probably one of the greatest rappers alive. But he just—he doesn't—he's not letting go. He's still the old white dude with the comb over, talking about what he was back in 1960. Yo. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, 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 yo, I'm telling you, that's that's what's fucking up music. Period. The old guys just got you got to let it go sometime, man. You know, you, you know why people like Elton John and Paul McCartney, and those guys, still exist? Because they said, "I'm not going to talk about when we were the Beatles. I'm going to talk about what this kid is doing now, and how can I be down? Yeah. What can I do to lend my my talent to your talent? And that's why he has." Six generations of people know who the fuck he is. And you that's... know what, Dula? Go ahead. I agree with what you're saying. It's just in my personal opinion, I could never ever. <laughs> Me, I can't fuck with these dudes, bro. I just can't. I, oh, that's the, that's Jay Z's <laughs> genius, uh, Lael. Huh? I think that's Jay Z's genius too, though. When everybody was think about it, all right, Jay Z came out the Biggie era and shit, top drug dealing lyricism wittiness and everything right he saw that shit start changing he was like okay these down south motherfuckers are starting to get it master p bout about it let me jump on that remix i Who, hated that era. check it out check it out though follow me <laughs> follow me through it jay-z knew how to adapt he said all right who's this who's this down south motherfucker saying huh at the end of everything that's you and that badass bands huh oh let me jump on that remix all right boom all right. Yeah. Who else? Oh, Scarface. He's the king of Houston. Let me throw him on a track. Boom. Oh, and then this new producer making nothing but keyboard beats, and we ain't got to clear no samples. What's his name? Swizz? Oh, let me get him. Boom. Bring him over. You know what I mean? I think that's where Jay-Z succeeded. He kind of superseded all of the 90s rappers as far as, lyrically, he was always already up here, but as far as blending in with the times and the changing of every sound and every error, he knew who to jump on and befriend every time. The same thing, even he was like, all right, I see 50 Cent is coming. Let me jump on the tour with him. Boom. All right. That keeps, that, like, 50 had all the light, but I'm still right there. You know what I mean? The same smart. thing with Drake. The same thing with Drake. Drake will be on, Jay-Z will be on every single Drake album for probably for the rest of his career because he knows Drake is the supreme light right now. So let me just stand by and I'll still get my, my heat we from what? it, you know? Weezy kind of did the same thing. He made sure he was a bing bong. But oh, go ahead, Leo. Jay Z jumps on these tracks. He's very selective about which tracks he jumps on. Exactly. He's not just jumping on some bullshit ass. No, you're not. He jumps not on the biggest of whatever other type of subgenre it is. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to see Jay Z. Bitten with a young thug type of nigga right now, bro. Uh, he already did though. He did the future. But he did I'm, a couple of them. 
just saying that. But what I'm saying is the track is always based on that track. He's very selective about what the track is saying at that time as well. Nas, you ain't going to see Nas doing that bullshit, bro. He did it one time and it failed miserably. That When he did that track, Scott, yeah, that was caca. But yeah, that ain't for Nas. That ain't his lane. He sticks in his fucking lane. That's he did it. do that uh, boogie with a hoodie joint, though. And yeah. I mean, he'll do it, but it's it's not. He'll do it with his spin on his it, though. Lane. But you, you, I don't think you'll ever see him doing it. Like, the only time I ever seen Nas trying to cater to the front sound is when, remember when Nas on, um, not it was, what was after um, it was written? I Am, on the I Am album, and the album right after that, when he all of a sudden started trying to do, when Jay-Z had the nigga, what nigga, who rhyming super fast, and then Nas yeah. had, like, she's a big girl now, and he was rhyming super fast, and I was like, fam, that ain't you. Even though he was he doing is. it good, but I was like, oh, come on, Nas, what are you doing? Like, you know what I'm, I mean? You, 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 you look, you learn how to succeed, you learn how to fail. Bella, but true. He learns, he, from failure, he learned how to succeed. And that was, you know what? Maybe I just need to be a bit more selective and not do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's the way I look at it, bro. Like, Word. I mean, <laughs> Not everybody can pull that shit off. Well, let me ask you then. You're the Nas purist because I, well, me and you, we both look at yeah. Nas's, yeah, that he's him. Um, when you heard that, like when you heard she's a big girl now, or when you heard the shorty, let me hold your ice and all the way genuine and stuff. Yo, I'm not gonna lie. What I like did, that how album. did you? How did? But I want to ask Layout specifically though because I know me and him have had our Nas back and forth even when i went to australia to see him we had our knives back and forth and shit how did you feel when you first heard that type of shit i knew that <laughs> everything is experimental bro like that's okay. just the way i think it was experimental for the times but even listening to that shit it still allowed him to be as lyrical as he could be now it's a totally different slate these motherfuckers bro like Again, I'm trying to say this in the best possible way without sounding like a hater because I don't want to be that Without person. sounding like the old rapper, yeah, the old bitter nigga, yeah. Like, yo, anything that I say right now is going to make me seem like I'm old as shit. And that's the shit, I am old, but I, it's, that's the shit that I hate is the simple fact that I don't want to be like my parents were before me. I don't want to be like that generation was before me. because It's I'm inevitable, bro. Everything. It's inevitable. It is. It is. It's unfortunate. Know? It's inevitable. We just gotta. It's I'm our time. The, yeah, fuck them kids. The only person, <laughs> right? The only person who can slide past that, you know, right now in this, in this, you know, amongst us is Dula because he he knew Jesus. So because he knew, <laughs> had a full conversation with Jesus, Moses, and everybody like that, he's moved with the time. So he's the only person that can slide. But me myself, bro. I mean, I don't know. It's, I'm just, listen, this generation, bro, again, what we're talking about, I think back then we created our own rules, but those rules got lost, and now there aren't any rules, bro. There isn't. There's an interesting take on that. I, you got something to add real quick before I add this quick little suggestion? Go ahead. Yeah, I'm still saying, I mean, we, we talking, but we still ain't getting to the, to the depth of the question. I'm still waiting for this. Where's this rule book? I'm there still is. waiting for it. There is. I haven't seen it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If we, I'm saying, saying like, we made rules. You expecting a like, look, out of, uh, public opinion? Say that again. Yeah, I know, hold, up, hold, up, hold, up. hold up. Say that again, Vinny. You expecting what? You can't expect a rule book out of public opinion. Ah, okay. yeah. 
That's what I'm saying. It's That's all where public. Social media comes in because they can. No, but, but the TV post social media. We, we used to talk about so he can't do that. Why can't do that? Oh man, look, he can't do that. Why? And that ain't hip hop. Who's that? If there was a rule book at one time, you ain't gonna find it now. Just like I'm, I'm gonna give you a good example. And this is the shit that makes me laugh all the time. Remember, when you guys, y'all were still young kids, y'all were still in junior high school, but everybody was knows this era, the early 90s, right? Okay. Everybody, I mean, everybody, myself included, was bashing the shit out of Hammer. We called the nigga Hammer. Oh, not me? We called the nigga a sellout because he had a TV commercial. I mean, we called him a sellout because he did Taco Bell. Right. We called him a sellout because he had, ten, he had 10,000 people on the fucking stage. We called him a sellout because the nigga had an airplane. Fuck, the nigga got an airplane for That nigga ain't good. We, we wind for, I mean, for Farrick 10 years later, not 20, 10 years later. I got the airplane. I got a budget of two, $2 million for my dancers and, and my DJs. I got yeah. all this ice. I'm driving these fancy cars. I said, yo, we used to diss the shit out of Amber for doing this. But yet we all doing it even further than he did. Puffy did the same again. thing. Again. Puffy was the again. 1999. Again. And, and where was the rule book when we were dissing Hammer while we were dissing these other motherfuckers? We calling them geniuses. Oh, Master P's a genius. That's this a guy's a genius. When, when Hammer did all this shit before them. And we called him a sucker. And let's be Again. Let's be again, the rule book. That's what I'm saying. Here goes the rules. When the rules benefit us, we want to be down. But then when we come back to the walking contradiction that hip hop is, I think you just answered your question, Doc. That's the rule. Right, I already knew the answer. I already knew the answer. I was going to what y'all thought. Yeah, the, where the hey, money dude. is. That's where the rules are, where the money is. That's hey, hey, it. Dude. Go ahead, Leo. <laughs> hey, Dula, let's not forget about let's not forget about how many niggas in hip hop now, old head niggas, was this in skinny jeans. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh man! And, and, and all of them got them on. Yeah, even my fat ass. I got my leggings. <laughs> Yo, I, I got my leggings. <laughs> if you think about it, like you talking about the walking as a hip hop, and a lot of it you, you're talking about based on like status and and money and and how where we come from and where we going is not always you know looked at equally. And you think about that isn't really just an application to hip hop. That's to where we come from. Like when you come from poor, when you see someone all of a sudden, you know, doing white rich people shit, all of a sudden that changes your perception of them. And then it takes enough of them doing it for it to be, oh, okay, now it's okay. But those first cats doing that shit, and, and you look at them in a different light because we're taught we're supposed to be here, and if you're here, you must do something dirty to get there. And that's that's that flawed mentality. Like all of our lives, we're trained like being a certain type of class of citizen in this country is fucked up. But then when you get there, what are you supposed to do with that? Like if you move out of the hood, you would sell out. Don't forget where you came from. Yeah, but it changed you. Like the goal ain't supposed to be in the gutter. The goal is supposed to climb out of it and bring as much with you as possible. But when you see other people do that, sometimes it's hard not to be like, "Damn, 
And back in the day when the, in the Hammer era, he was one of the first to not only get out, but fucking get out and be a whole, a whole way across, not just across the river, but like out of the whole fucking state. The he wasn't whole just way. Or he was in the fucking, you know, the whole, a whole nother state. It's, it's, it's tough to, to rationalize that kind of like those chains that we have mentally. So it's bigger than hip hop. That's very true. Bro. The bottom line is number one, bro. It it it, it was hating ass mentality even back then. Motherfuckers, oh, it's always been absolutely. Bro, they hate. They still hate now, bro. It's but I'm talking about back then when motherfuckers you hate on Hammer. It's like half half of the motherfuckers had the same mentality. It's just that he got there first. Yeah, yeah. And got, and I think they stopped this at Hammer because after Hammer rolled up on uh, Redman, I ain't thinking nobody else wanted it. Nobody else wanted no problems. Yeah. Uh oh. Look, even the kids are saying, "Daddy, stop that shit. We got the real shit." <laughs> but uh, yeah. nah. oh, especially when when he when he almost put a hit out on MC searching him too for saying yeah. something about about uh, you know turn this mother out, and he misinterpreted yeah. that as them saying so him saying something and that's about what his and that's what tells you that Hammer like was he was able to play the game. He's an Oakland he cat, also. He was also deep in the streets, and we didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. It was just like Outcast said, remembering that one old MTV video? He was like, oh, yeah, yeah. you can run up on him if you want to. Him will beat your him. motherfucking ass. Yeah. yeah. I have an interesting – I heard an interesting take on this. Shout out to uh, to uh, Math Hoffa and, 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 and Mecca on there. Um, He said, like, the, the reason, like, with the rules as far as no biting and lyrical shit, like, this dude, um, he used to be a writer for The Source, a journalist for The Source, and now he's like an A&R and he does consulting for artists and everything, right? He was saying, though, his theory is as far as, like, no biting and originality and everything, that back in the day it was so difficult because everything was so original that it was hard to duplicate something. So I think he said, whoa, Jesus Christ. Um, he said now that, perp- like, over the years, purposely, they've dumbed down hip-hop to the point to where anybody could do it. So then now if one of them bucks – or tries to get enlightened and be like, nah, I want, I want such and such amount of money. They could just get rid of him, and he's the music now is so cheap and replaceable that they could easily just take the conscious one away and just put the dummy in there. And then if that dummy oh, act up, we'll make millions off of that dummy. And then when he starts finding out how much millions we got off him, all right, replace him, insert new dummy because oh, it's they so always easily, been doing that because it's so easy now though. But back then, when everything was so original and one of a kind and unique, it wasn't it wasn't as they held power. Know, yeah, and that's how they keep the power now. Because think about it. You could find 72 versions of Little Dirk. There is 60,000 songs uploaded on um, SoundCloud every single day. All right, well, I'm glad you brought that up, uh-huh. all right? Because I keep hearing that Little Dirk is the nicest. And every time I hear him, and little baby. Yeah. I'm just going. Baby, I keep hearing Little Baby, and I'm like, how? And then I'm like, because Why? they're 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 what, sound- what am I not hearing? Because they you're you're listening for bars, they're listening for melodic shit and shit that gets them hype. I even try to listen for that. Like I get Bro, the melodic, uh, they're somewhat clever. Of, like, somewhat clever. I get the nah, melodic of a lot of these cats, but that I don't know. There's some that it's like, all right, there's nothing, you know. For instance, designer for whatever you want to knock him, I get how his shit sounded different from like a, an extreme level twelve of you know melodic uh, emphasis. Whereas nothing else mattered, but I get where what that appeal was. But then there's other cats where it's like, all right, you aren't even doing that shit. And then the beats aren't even that hot. It's like, what are y'all? What are y'all hearing? 
I'm not hearing like the future type beat. I'm not hearing the new type of designer or um, future type, you know, sound or whatever for the baby type sound. It's like it really is, like you said, it's like more it's melody, almost man. like mediocrity is now the new originality yes, because it's so replaceable now, and that's why it makes it feel like any 15 year old with dreads. And a gun in their pants can do it because and that's, that's how that, dumbed down it's been. I'm a little lost. We can do this. Yeah, I, I'm a little lost, Johnny. Because you said the situation about if somebody came with because right now the money is incredible. I don't give a fuck how dumb these dudes are sounding. They're making way more money than any mainstream rapper up outside of the Jay Z's and Dr. Drake. Okay, so I'm trying to see where. Where's the label losing now? Because they're actually making more money now than we ever made in hip hop. I know. I know, but check this out. I know. So let's say you got the newest, let's say, Little Corner. Let's say a rapper comes out with Little Corner and he's talking about shooting up his ops and everything and he gets a $2 million advance. His song starts taking off. Next thing you know, his ops come up on him, kill him, right? The label I probably hate that has that word too. Yeah, Damn I know it. his op. I hate that shit. But anyway, let's say his ops shoot him and kill him. Let's say the record label took out a life insurance policy on him. So they're making millions off of that. And they're making millions off of his catalog. Then it's like, okay, insert next rapper. Boom. Right there. Like, what, oh, what I'm saying is they're easily replaceable, Ock. That's what I'm saying. And they get. But, they, but, 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 but they was doing that back in the days. You think that shit wasn't. It, was easy? But how many stories do you hear? Like, damn, nigga. I mean, shit, Snoop said his best. He said, the fuck, Doggy Style went fucking five times platinum. He's like, what, 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 what publisher check? I didn't see a publisher check until I went over the fucking November records. I even didn't know what publisher works. Yep. And I wrote half the chronic plus my album. Yeah, well, Doggy Style was basically like an hour-long freestyle. He literally said he you freestyled know what I'm saying? every yeah, single and, and he said, like, I didn't get a check. Said, oh, my money came from doing shows. Yeah, and, and every time you asked the Go ahead. Yeah, they like, yeah, exactly. you know the rest. Yeah, every time he asked for money, they'd be like, okay, well, here goes the Rolls Royce. Okay, here goes uh, a rent. Uh, here goes this property. You don't own it, but we got the lease on it for two years. Here you go. Here go a brand new house. You know, in the yeah, outside they, of the they, suburbs. They hit on the, uh, the, the Motown shit. Yeah. They hit on the Barry but, still, but, but that's what I'm saying. But still, Snoop, you couldn't replace a Snoop and insert another person that has that much charisma and stuff in there back then. What I'm saying is now, like, all right, Little Vaughn, he, uh, I mean, King Vaughn. He was a Lil Durk, Lil Man. He was coming up, and he was talking all that violent shit. He got body. So then it's like, okay, they mourned him for a good total of two weeks. They replaced him with like seven. There's like seven different King Vons out now. You know what I mean? There's just like, like I always say, there's like, and every, like every single 15, every every rapper coming out now between the ages of 13 and 22, all of them are trying to sound like the main two, Lil Durk or Lil Baby. Every single one of them is all on the melodic well, 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 I mean, that's the, you know who you blame that on? Mm. You blame that on the consumer. Yeah, well, no, no, I'm going to blame that on the consumer. Playlist. The consumer's the one that's buying it. So you can say, I'm not buying this bullshit. But, it's like, I'm gonna give me, I, I don't want to jump off topic. I don't want to jump off topic. I was telling this girl on my job on top, right? I said, so let me get this straight. You come to work every day, bust your ass every day, but your boyfriend is at home right now, not working. He drops you off at work, fight goes home. Pick up his other chick, buses around while you at work, they come back and pick you up. And you're cool with that? He said, Oh, well, I love him. He said, and that's why we have these fucking problems. Because you accept that bullshit. So as long as she's gonna keep accepting it, I can't be mad at the dude for doing it. And it's the same thing with the consumer music. But if they keep buying the shit, 
I can't be mad at them for putting this bullshit out. Okay, okay. Because obviously there's an audience to keep on it. I have a counter to that. Basically, all right. Today isn't like, oh, the song is getting played on the radio. Radio doesn't exist. Radio is done. But you know what isn't done now, which is the new radio? Playlisting. The rap it's caviar. Streaming. Yes. The rap caviar playlist, though, if all they have on there is Little Dirk, Little Baby, The Baby, Little Yachty, Little This, Little That. And I'm not mad at them because obviously somebody's listening to it. But if, so that's that's all you're getting fed, but if that's all you're getting no, fed. But you, as a consumer, you can say, oh, let me tell you something. Once the niggas hear the magic word, man, I ain't listening to that shit no more. Boycott. Why do you think things change so quick? Like in fashion. 10 years, 20, 15 years ago, you can see one nigga walk down the street without a picture of religious law. Well, like, I'm selling them shits of gays now. <laughs> no yeah. disrespect to true religion. They coming back though slowly. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, no, but what I'm saying is most people shift the demand. But you don't that's think why that's, you say, you don't think that's by design? Right it can be right, but, but then who's the designer? That's what I'm trying to say. Obviously, you're talking to the market that, that, that is acceptable. They're not going to look like you're right. They're not listening to lyrics. They're not saying, oh, shit, you heard what the fuck you said? They listen to the drug culture that everybody, every fucking body talks about drugs. You got grown-ass men talking about Percocets and shit. And the old niggas ain't no better. So they talking about this shit too. Yep. So who's gonna who's gonna try to change it? Then you get somebody like a Kendrick Lamar. Oh no, nah, he's too deep. Oh, uh, he goes, no, nah, I don't want to hear that. You know what I'm saying? Even though he probably be best selling artists out of all these motherfucking shit. And nobody wants to think anymore either. Like, exactly. I, hear, I hear that a lot. I hear that even with, mu- with movies. People yeah. be like, I'm I'm going to relax. I ain't going to think. I want to watch a movie and relax. Decompress. Like, even movies. We in a remake capital of all time. Y'all ain't just showing something. They just didn't just say the name. You was right, though. We buying it, though. That's the problem. That's we it. That's all they care about. We literally just watched Truth the remake told, of West Side Story literally like an hour ago. Truth uh, be told, you know, we was watching it. I love it. Steven Spielberg. I it's just flopped. I yeah. love it. What, the remake of West Side Story? You like it? I love them both, but I love it too. Okay. Truth but, told, I still think that's by design, man. Oh, 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 who said that problem? What? Said what? Hello? Who said they love the West Side Story problem? Say what? Who said they love West Side Story? <laughs> who who love West Side Story? <laughs> yeah, they're about to they're about to out the way for the fucking village people. Who said they love West Side Story? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, yo, you know what? Listen, I love art, bro, and I'm looking at the visual, plain and simple. It was art. It, it made it, it may not touch everybody, but like theatrically, I love it for what it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's shit for everybody. Some people like rom coms, some people like different things. I mean, I, I like art. I, I like all that. It's an art. So I don't have okay, a Okay, I'm going to tell you this. Leo's Cuban. No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm going to be in America. Which, 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 as a Latin American and Latinx, y'all should be offended by that fucking move. Because there's only four Latinos in the whole fucking movie. In the original. Yeah, that was crazy. That was the original. Yeah. But this corrected, they course corrected that. They kinda, did, they did course did, correct, yeah. but that was crazy. Yeah. It's just like that's like I know niggas is gonna jump on me. Like everybody keeps going, oh Scarface, yo, Scarface was the worst movie ever made. Ever. <laughs> Again, as a Latin American, I would have been offended by that fucking movie. Yeah. Two Puerto Ricans in the whole time movie. Everybody yeah. was a bunch of old Italian guys and a bunch of Irish guys. He did have that tacky ass mansion, yo. That mansion was like like the golden and, girl, and, it's and, the golden girl, and the, and, the, and the accents and all this shit, and that. I'm like, 
But I still love it though. It's funny. I said, how? I said, to me. I said, how they not boycotting this shit? If you feel this two two images from Sarah. This is the '80s. There's no such thing as boycotting. If you feel that way about Scarface, then you gotta also hurt. I mean, hate the Godfather. Nah. 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 Because the Godfather, the Godfather portrays. Italian Americans in that specific life. Now, as an Italian American that does the right thing, I would be offended by that shit. Because that's the ultimate stereotype, stereotype that they never going to get out of. Wait, wait. But what you basically said, though, you got to keep in mind, you just now said that there was only two Puerto Ricans in the entire film, right? Uh-huh. Uh, the, the only person in the golf that wasn't Italian is James Cohn. What are you talking about? Who, who else? Who else was Italian? Who else? Who, how many? I Fucking Marlon Brando, Al Pacino. Who, who else? <laughs> who else? Fuck even Alfredo is, is Italian. The, the Fredo, Fredo is Italian. He's with Don Lucci or some shit like that. The cop is Irish. He was actually Irish. But everybody in there, uh, the dude, the one who got the cannolis. Everybody except for James Conn and the cop. It's fucking, it was fucking, uh, not Italian. He's got the cannoli. Hey, well, give me the fucking cannoli. Like, oh, I gotta take these to go. This is what I'm saying, though. You said that everybody, not everybody, and... Oh, hold on, my phone's ringing. Hold on. Hello? Hey, yeah, 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 you back. You said that everybody in... And it, now, mind you, I agree with you when it comes to Scarface because, you know... As a you know half Cuban, they my father was offended. He was literally offended by that because number one, he was like, "Yo, that's not what half these Cubans came over to America for," and they and their depiction of what they made us believe was terrible. My father was hot, and we, we weren't even allowed to basically watch that shit. Ask my sister; we was never allowed to watch that shit, bro. <laughs> never. Yeah, because it made y'all look bad. That's just like. Uh... But what I'm saying is. Just like you said, not not everybody in Scarface was Cuban. Not everybody basically in Scarface, I mean, in, in Godfather was Italian. And there were some okay. that were portrayed. I'm talking about the, out of the major family with the exception of James Conn, who was an Italian. Matter of fact, you know what's name? Uh, uh, Rocky's wife that played the sister, she's Italian. Because, because fucking Ma, what's the name? The director's Italian. Okay. okay. You know what I'm saying? And that's the, and that's fucking Nicholas Cage's aunt and uncle because he's Italian. A lot of people don't know that shit. Yeah, he, he just took the. He's yeah, a he's a cold one too. But he just changed the name to Cage because of the Luke Cage comic book shit, which is weird. But that's nah, fire. You know what I mean? When he did that, he said, he said, why you change your name? I'm a big fan of Luke Cage. So he literally changed his name to a comic book hero. That's yeah. fire. He named his son. Legally. Oh, that's fire. Legally. Yeah. Legally. Like, that's his name, legally. Nicholas Cage. He hasn't been a Coppola since the fucking 70s. Yeah. So that's why they let all his movies and stuff still get played, because he still has that connect. <laughs> they be playing, like, his third, fourth, and fifth B-roll movies on Netflix and shit. God damn, that makes sense, Dula. But yeah. I don't know. that. I don't know. I, do y'all still really, though? I mean, I'm getting into my Riza Islam conspiracy theories, though. You don't think that it's by design, though, that literally all these white motherfuckers assigning all these young black kids who specifically rap about killing their like teenagers oh, yeah, rap about. about killing other teenagers like but listen but what, there's, two, there's two sides to that though go ahead, uh, go ahead. I know yeah because Aqua's was about to say I, know, I, I guarantee Bridget's gonna say the same shit I'm about to say we have, like, nigga, we've been killing each other on wax since 88 yeah this is nothing new 
And they and it and Tupac, it sells. Everybody you love it. it you sells. Love it. Controversy sells. Controversy always sells. It's so and like you said, we all we do just like listen. And I know this is oh boy, I'm, I'm, I'm oh, let me take a sip of my cranberry juice. This was about to Real quick, uh, three, three things selling hip hop: pussy, drugs, and murder. That's it. That's just your big sellers. But that's now a, that's unfortunate. Now, 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 this one is the one I always I like this because they ask me this shit at work. They ask me what I go places. How do we get mad? And again, I'm not condoning, and I'm not. Well, I don't know if this word for discondone, but I'm not. I'm not saying that it's good, and I'm not saying it's bad. I'm gonna state the the, the the course on this one. How can I get mad at that white kid that is reciting your lyrics? Yeah. And he got nothing but I bust this nigga in the ass, shoot this nigga twice, kill this nigga now. And then y'all wanna jump on the poor white kid for saying your lyrics that is preaching black on black violence. Disease. True. Engineer. Yeah, that's a listen, that's a, that's a, man. Bro, listen. I can't get mad, and I will not get mad at sex, drugs, and, and violence. But I won't—I definitely won't get mad at at um, sex selling because without that, you know, we wouldn't have Benny in his room. So <laughs> I appreciate that. I really do. I thank you for that. Well, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Nah, but as far as you were saying earlier, I don't with, with the labels, Johnny, we talked about this the other day too. Yeah, we did. They all help me out. Bruce help me out. Vinny help me out. But uh, with the except, with the exception of Motown, name one black record label. I'm not talking the boutique. No boutique labels. A death row within a parent company is fucking in scope. Think about uh, Master P and his, his, his parent company priority. Name one black record label. Boom. And then this is the funny thing. Think about the terminology of it. Yes, I'm no limit. I'm this big, strong. But my parent, parent company, yeah. I'm the son. You're the yeah. parent. That shit's crazy. Or yeah, just like right. there's literally he's in right. contracts, there's literally record contracts that say slave and master. That's actual terminology in contracts. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Oh, no, I'm going right. to fuck y'all up on one more. This is what I'm saying about where's the rule of hip hop. Here's a contradiction of hip hop. Go ahead. There's a particular record label that signed all the urban artists in the early '80s, mid 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 '80s. Became one of the biggest record labels ever in hip hop. The same record label was conceived in South Africa during the highlight of apartheid. Mm-hmm. The highlight, and the headquarters was in South Africa, but they had a recording studio in England. But yet, every pro conscious black dude that we know worked for this fucking label. And that label was Jive Records. Yep, I, I knew that's where you was going too. Really? So yep. Jive Records is out of South yes. Africa? Yep. Yeah, Zomba Records. Zomba Records oh, was Zomba. Made in South Africa. Oh, and Zomba was the parent label for Jive. But even when you think about that, there was times uh, back in the day where we could perform at the club, but we couldn't go in the front door. We couldn't even walk mm. in the front door of places See, we were uh, performing. Yo, this ain't nothing new, man. This I is know. all. But this, this is, is all by thing. design, and I we know. fall into the design yes, every because single time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So when Johnny, when you say these young dudes, this is nothing new. This has been going on forever. Yeah, but this is I'm I, I, I used to laugh all the time to dance. Carrie Foon, the fucking teacher working for South African fucking. This is what we remember. They ain't freed us from Mandela until like 91. 
So this is all still post South Africa and their processes. This and is, you would think we would know yeah, better by now. We would exactly. know better by now. See, that's the issue. Back in the 80s, when everything was new, it was like, all right, we got this thing. It's new. You know, when things are new, it's kind of the wild west of it. But yeah, you still trying to feel it out. Fifty years later, I'll tell you something. Years later, we've seen things happen. We've seen the cycle. We've seen all right. Okay, y'all just put out kill, 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 and then we'll just replace you. We've seen all that, so they should be doing something. We should be doing something different. There's an ultimate. There's an ultimate thing that that destroys all of that. Money. See, but it shouldn't though. Money. It, It should. Listen, it shouldn't. I when I listen when I was when I was young, it was a ahead. time I tried to get in the game. All right, I really tried to get in the game. All the drug dealers was like, "Yo, you can draw, you write, you you know you're an artist, you do you doing stuff. You ain't touch, you ain't touching these streets." They was like, "Yo, we catch you out here, we beating your ass." And right? You they they gave us like they gave me an out, and I couldn't get in it. You see what I'm saying? But had they been like, oh, yeah, he's just another asset. Yeah, put him on the block. The money, and then as I, as I got older, I realized that me making slow money working a job is better than the drug dealers I was watching who had money and then went to jail and they had to start over. And while I'm still grinding. And now, now, just like the episode that I had with you when I told you all the, all the females that I try to talk to and it was always like, you ain't got no car, you work Chick-fil-A, you do this. Now, they was all with the drug dealers. Their drug dealers either in dead in jail, or he dead. And now they look at me and be like, "Oh, you got your little job. You got your good job and your retirement." It's like, yeah, because I was on the slow grind. So that money thing, yes, at a time that might have made sense. But like I said, we have 50, 60, 70 years worth of seeing where money, putting money first, gets you. Okay. okay. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the money thing. I agree with you. But Johnny said something earlier. And I believe Vinny says something earlier. The shit that we got now is not the money. It's the fame. People care about the fame. That's why you have 15-year-old kids. Kids. With 50-year-old kids killing another 15-year-old. Like, I've seen some shit today that bugs me the fuck out. Famous. The little rapper dude from New York shot the cop and walked out the courtroom. Yeah, he bugging. And went into the studio. I said, whoa, whoa. What the fuck? And I'm not even pro-cop. But I'm saying he shot a cop. And walk out the courtroom and went to the studio. He's gonna get probation. They already told me he's gonna go to the juvenile. Uh, he's going to. He's probably gonna go to Spalford for a year or two. That's so now you made him even more famous. So now he's a kid that got away with shooting a cop. And there's a rich Jewish record executive that's about to sign him for a couple of million and probably put a life insurance. He's already signed. Plan. He already got it. His deal was three million dollars. Right, that's why I said he's on his way to the studio. That's what I'm saying. Well, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not gonna say. I'm, I'm not gonna say Jewish people. I'm not gonna blame it on the Jewish people because it's just all people that's influencing that shit. So that brother on his block, like yo, son, you gonna sign on my management company? Yo, listen here, brother, it up. Now he's out of his management company. So who could we blame? Who are we gonna blame? But why? You know what I'm saying? It, 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 can I ask you something then? But why is it always only cool? Like yes, killing, been killing each other. All right, but it's funny they and they incentivize us for rapping about killing each other. But if Ice T puts out cop killer, they cut that shit right at the root. If any, if any black person talked about killing, all right, all right. But if cops, if if any rapper was rapping about killing Jews or cops or any other white people, would that see the light of day? Absolutely not. But they incentivize us for killing us. That's the part. But but you have the narrative. You you have see. This is what we got to do, Johnny. 
what's the thing? What, what people say all the time when they talk freedom of speech censorship? One thing I hear all the time is you don't have to watch it. You don't have to listen to it. And that's what we got to say as a consumer. I'm not fucking with that shit. But our consumership, we don't do it. True. That's why these guys, that's why little, and it's no disrespect to little baby. I'm glad he's a millionaire. I'd rather him be a millionaire making music than running into somebody's house while doing something that he can't take back. No doubt. But as long as there's an audience for it, and the audience themselves is not fucking, they're not tired of the bullshit. They kind of encourage the bullshit. Why? Because they like the drama. Yeah, but baby became famous. Like, yeah, this shit's crazy. Little baby actually killed somebody and became more famous. The baby that was self defense. What the fuck? That That was self defense. But still, 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 and then and two days later, you back on foot. I ain't nothing to say. Let me just chill. Let me let me chill the fuck out for a couple a month, couple of months. When Snoop got into that situation, we ain't seen Snoop for months. We said it cost him almost ten million. No, was it ten million? Yeah, we ain't seen a nigga for months. Court, yeah. Because he knew, it, he just because again, the, the public opinion them like, damn, he just killed somebody. You out here rapping already? You know what I'm saying? Because then we didn't have the social media. You still had, you still had written, written type, regular newspapers, the the, the, the normal outcast of, of of media shit. But it's just I'm saying. But now, I don't know what is. And what's bigger than worse? You got old niggas thinking this shit is fly. I yeah, the, the young kid, but you got you got a forty year old thinking shit by We couldn't we couldn't connect with our artists like that. We couldn't we didn't have access to them like that. Like I can't even imagine what what a Tupac Twitter page would look like. Oh I my god! That too. Oh my god. I keep thinking that too, man. He would have went off the fucking rails. <laughs> or imagine, or imagine if um, uh, Tupac would been Kanye. Imagine Professor Griff with a Twitter in '89. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> or X Clan with a with a Twitter in '89. The X Clan. Yeah. Okay. You know what? That's but, the point. Hey, 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 Johnny, good point with that professor group. This is something I never understood either. Chuck D, all of y'all, y'all this pro black militant group. Y'all fight the power, do this. Y'all Griff is here. You know we we we, we ain't gonna promote the group no more. Griff, you gotta get out of the group. I was hoping they were gonna take a stand. Like if Griff go, we all go. Hmm. That's standing that money. You know what? Listen though, the success of these niggas now, Ron, it, it it's well we couldn't have had like all right. So put it this way: we talk about the same shit when it comes to what we had then, what these niggas have now. The opportunity to beat these cats now is because they had the resources. We didn't have those same resources when we were, you know, when we were coming up, especially with artists back then. They didn't have social media, of course. They didn't have access to, like, you know, these different platforms to put their own music out. Half the niggas wasn't even worried about that because technology back then wasn't even developed. So it's a different sport now. It's a totally different sport now. Yep, yep. But now, but that's what I'm saying. That we never had access to, bro. Like, we had to grind it out, going to studios and stuff like that. Niggas is making beats from home, putting that shit on SoundCloud, putting that shit on just platforms or they can actually stream from home. They can do that shit. We didn't have those resources now, and it's yeah. you know, and and here, but but at the same time, even though we didn't have those type of resources, we didn't have those resources, but we should have created and had the funds to put aside to get that, have it available. So once it comes around, okay, yo, we got our own, our own financial institutions to put back into our own. 
to develop that shit. We didn't because not and like Dula mm. said. Like and we've been saying we got these labels now, that one black label right now, bro. Not one solid black no. label. A long time ago, I remember I was talking to my man. Uh, it's gonna hit me, it's gonna hit me, it's gonna hit me. Uh, Saeed. Saeed is a producer. He works like Premier and those cats. Hey, so you remember the little dude from Dave Chappelle, the old play Dave Chappelle's son? Yeah. Yeah. The little life, little life, that's his father. Saeed, that's his son. So he, he went off to Hollywood managing his son and stuff like that, getting on movies and stuff. But he came to me a long time ago. He said, you got to do it, man. I need your help. He wrote these books called How to Make, it's called Beat Chips. He wrote this book called Beat Chips and he interviews different producers and actors their techniques and stuff. He got that book published and it was bought by the New York City school system, which is the largest school system in the world. So he became a millionaire over having those books in every school in the music department. So the second thing he wanted to do, he said, yo, let's start a producer's union. And have a scale for a beat. Mm-hmm. So that way we can't have the new guy to say, I'm gonna give you this beat for free. You know what I'm saying? And then we have each union member pay. Yo, it was a wonderful idea. When he started getting it on the bigger levels, ah, uh, nah, man, niggas ain't gonna do that. And then they shut it down. And I said, that would have been a wonderful idea because you, everybody, actors got a union. You can't act without a fucking guild card. Same, same. You can't make a commercial. Yeah. They've been talking about that for years with like Joe Button and fucking two chains. A whole bunch of people have been saying like, yo, let's start a rapid. Nori been saying that for years. Like rapid. there should be a rapid and, union. And, and, and it should be with health benefits, with fucking a pension. Yeah. Yo, cool hurt got sick and the man couldn't pay his fucking hospital bill. And this is yeah, the man that started hip hop. That's crazy. And what, and what was even shattered? The Jay-Z's, all these rich motherfuckers Chuck D is the one who went and paid the bill. Really? He was the one? I, I remember they said yeah. somebody, damn, that was Chuck D. Chuck D. Chuck D went and put in the bill. Wow. Look at and, that. And Chuck D said, oh, y'all should be ashamed of yourself. Each one of us should have just said, yo, hit 5000 each. He should have had over 200000 in, in, in the council where Doc do whatever you got to do for this man. And Immediately. This is, and this is the sad part about it, though. Look at, look at how all of us was like, wow, Chuck D did it? That shit wasn't even a story to the point where we even heard it. Nope. Fucking no, fucking. Because, because, because because I see I read it and, and it was a blur. And even Chuck didn't want to talk about it, but he was trying to show like, it's come on, somebody bullshit. like JV should have went in there and just even say, "Yo, just take care of what you gotta take care of." But we all don't take care of each other though. No, we don't. But fucking Kanye could have signed one Yeezy Red October and be like, "I'm auctioning this up, and all the proceeds will go to Cool Hurt." Yeah. Or to Melly Mel to whoever. Man, Easy. each of them. Oh man, I wish. Uh, and, 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 and even like that. Remember, yeah, old, remember, from, all these guys are old now. They should have a pension. Yes. Yeah, I ain't saying you got to be rich, but, but that's enough to keep your life. Though we didn't think like that. We didn't think yeah, pensions but, and, and all that. Well, fifty years later, we still not thinking like that. Exactly. We, exactly. No, 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 I'm not saying now. We, we definitely should be thinking about that now. It makes but. me think it's by design. It is by design. Do you think these record executives... All right, I'm not going to say Jewish record executives. Do you think these record executives, though, want you to have their own your, your own slice of the pie and not include them? Are you kidding well, most me? Of these kids don't, most of these kids don't have deals. They don't have record labels. They well, do they, their own no, stuff. So, uh, well, yeah, because... Oh, me and Dula had a conversation about that, um, too. Go ahead. Go ahead, Vinny. You're transitioning from record labels who ain't worried about you to independent artists who aren't worried about their, their own future because they're children who, who don't think ahead just like we did when we were 20. 
Think about how many of us had life insurance policies when we were 20. So it ain't nothing different with these kids. True. So so they just looking at the, the bag that they can get today. They ain't thinking about a deal that's going to set them up. And if they are, they're not thinking about it in the same aspect. They might be thinking about deals that might last for the next 10 years or whatever. But they ain't looking at retirement plans that, you know, like little baby does probably doesn't have a, like a, a retirement plan. You know what I mean? He's thinking about yeah, it. I just seen that nigga spend $200,000 just in the strip club. Hey, you know what I mean? Two hundred thousand. That that is that mindset, and and I can't even fault it because really, honestly, there's nothing. There, there's absolutely no difference between little baby but throwing two hundred thousand dollars in a strip club and us throwing two hundred in a strip club because our tomorrow ain't promised either. But there's another thing too, though, with that doula, with him throwing that two hundred. No, him throwing that two hundred grand in that club. Nine times out of ten, they gave him. Probably a hundred thousand dollars in cash right then and there on the spot. Here, throw it just for the image. No, no, no. And hold on, hold on, hold on. And he kind of got paid to go there anyway, and hold to promote on. the club. Two hundred. Go ahead. Two, R two. Vinny said R two hundred is like their two hundred thousand. Is that what you said? Two hundred what? I'm throwing two hundred nickels, maybe. <laughs> my point is, no my point is, if we if we spend two hundred dollars on something dumb. Oh yeah. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. That's that's a stupid move too. It's, my point is, there's a lot of people who live check to check. Because they know I'm just going to go to work next week and I'll, I'm going to get paid again next week. It's no big deal to them. Yeah, we didn't. Them, we them didn't spending, have that. Them spending their, you know, their, you know, you know, uh, front or their whatever they get their advance, right? Is is in their mind they're just going to make another advance when they put out the next album, so it's no big deal. See, they should know better it's though. The same, yeah. It's the same. It's the same logic. It's just like any like I, that's why I don't really clown like kids joining going in the NFL and like blowing blowing their money because we every we do the same shit. How many people you know had a job where they're making three hundred dollars a week and they got a certain set of bills and they live in check to check. But when they if they get a raise and now they're making five hundred dollars a week, they just yeah. added more shit on their plate and now they yeah. still live in week to week but now more they got materialistic uh, shit too. Now they got you know, what? Uh, you know now they got a better wardrobe. And then they get and then they get a thousand dollars a week and then now they got a house. It's, it's, mm-hmm. you just you just extrapolating your you know your expenses you're not still living like you were when you were making 300 so that way you could save so what how do we expect 19 year olds who are getting a million dollar deal to do what we can do with 300 dollar deal they need an old head and that may sound funny but i think the part of that too though some of them are on it though and another thing too i guess maybe that's why i listen to a lot of these blogs and shit like that about rappers half of that shit is for facade like um, yeah, I know none of y'all like academics, but he made a good point on this shit. Like he said, he didn't want to say the rapper's name, but I think I know who he was talking about. Um, and he was all like, man, I bought this Lamborghini Urus. I paid $400,000 cash for it. And he was like, this rapper came up to me. He has two of them and shit. And then he was like, uh, academics was like, yeah, how much you pay for them? He was like, hold up. You paid cash for yours. You actually paid for it. He was like, yeah. He was like, you didn't pay for yours. He was like, fuck no. He was all like. The dealership gave it to me as long as I advertised their car dealership on Instagram. I leased this shit for like they gave it to me for, oh, yeah. for eighteen months, and then when the newer one comes out, they just give me that one and I advertise it with them again. He was like, yeah. "Oh my god, I'm a fucking idiot for fucking paying which cash." Is, yeah, it's a facade, smart. like yeah, but you see all that money, and then the stupid young kids though they actually think that they own all that shit, and a lot of them really don't own that shit. And just like when they go to strip clubs, from what I heard is when a celebrity goes to, let's say 50 Cent goes to a strip club, they give him $50,000 right from the gate in ones to throw 
in there. That's promo money. To me, that's tax yeah, write-off well. money. It's not really their money. Like they, that's what, why they throw yeah. it like it ain't shit because it's like shit ain't my money. What the fuck I care. This is the money they just gave me to walk through the door for the walkthrough. Listen, you know what I mean? oh man, I'm glad you said that because my screenplay. I'm writing a screenplay called Vic, and that's what's about sticking these niggas up. Like, I gotta rewrite. <laughs> Y'all laughing? I'm dead ass serious. No, no, I know you are. That's what's up. Check it out. Though. Me, me, me and Preston was talking about. Check it out. Though. Go ahead, Leo. Um, I'm not gonna front on a lot of these little young cats, bro, because there's a lot of them out there that are smart, smart enough. And they are basically building dynasties that we just don't know about. All right, let me give you an example of something. Me and Soy, Soy put me on to this shit the other day. Last week, as a matter of fact. She was in the bathroom, taking a bath, and she was up there bugging. She showed me her phone. This dude, because she was watching one of the shows, I, guess, I think it was one of the shows me and you were on, Benny. She was watching this cat, young black dude, his room. Video games. He stood up there playing video games. And we looking at the super chats, bro. They were sending five hundred dollars, four hundred dollars. What was it like? Nine hundred, almost a grand, thousands of dollars. See, this little dude, young dude, he had to be like what, fourteen, fifteen years old? Fourteen, fifty at the most, probably sixteen. And he was clowning niggas. He was talking shit about everybody that he was playing video games and shit like that. But these motherfuckers was sending him four, five grand, two grand. Yeah, I ain't there yet, but I make like seventy dollars every time I twitch. Like straight up. Back to back, though, it was just always popping in, boop, 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 and yeah. he's not even focused on that. He's just playing video games, bro. Without a doubt, he's getting all this money basically sent, and I guarantee you that he got a parent in the house is watching it. But yo, yeah, we're gonna put this aside. This is what we got and stuff like that. Maybe it's on, right? Maybe, maybe. But here's the thing: is bro, he ain't gonna be fourteen year old, fourteen years old, fifteen years old, unsupervised like that. Yeah, some I, parents I invest in them young though. They buy them. They'll spend that two or three grand invest in buying that gaming chair, buying that whole set, the whole TV screens, multiple screens. They'll invest. My, my point is, they're investing in that, and he's smart enough at that time to know what he's on. He's staying in his lane. Niggas, and there are some young cats out there, you know, that are smart enough to basically invest their money. Like, all right, for instance, young cat, probably a little bit older, but what's his name? Um. Is his name Cordell? Now, what is his name? YBN um, Corday. Corday. No, yeah. nah, he ain't YBN no more. Well, I know, Corday. yeah, yeah, Corday. Yo, that's a smart dude. Well, yeah, I mean, well, the motherfucker, dad, he, he got a good dad. He's a smart dude. And when you waking up to a fucking billionaire Naomi Osaka every day, I mean, you you the smartest dude. He's a smart dude. <laughs> Shit. He's a smart dude. Elaborate. Some of his investments. He's a very intelligent dude. So some of them out there that are extremely intelligent and know how to invest. But it's just the many but the dickheads outweigh the few that are smart enough to do this shit. You know what I mean? Or they or they do like they do now, like with him, with YBN Cordae especially. They look at him as like, oh, he don't rap about slide on his ops or nothing, so he's corny. The motherfucker has a billionaire girlfriend that'll probably be his wife. The one of the best, the next Serena Williams, basically. Yeah. And he's yeah. corny to them because he's not sliding on his ops. Like, yeah. oh my god, man, it's crazy. It's the way we live, yeah, bro. We just and we just don't know. We need somebody older to tell us. All right, let me let me tell you. Yep. Shout out to my man John Ott. I don't know where he's at. If he's alive, I don't know nothing. All right. When I got my job, he was in there helping me with my paperwork. 
And he was like, what you going to put into your retirement? And I was like, now at the time I'm 18. You know what I mean? I came home from fall break from college. I'm like, I ain't thinking about no retirement. I got, I got a son. I got, you know, I got to keep it moving. He was like, well, here's the thing. If you don't know you have it in the beginning, you ain't going to miss it. Exactly. So I sat aside a couple hundred dollars of paycheck, a paycheck. All right. And we get paid every two weeks. I, I never missed it. I never knew it. I had some tough nights. I had some ice soup nights with a little bit of seasoning, no doubt. All right. But that was in October. That'd be 24 years ago. So I've just been putting aside a couple hundred dollars every two weeks for 24 years now. And it just happened just like that. But if he wouldn't have told me, I wouldn't have none of it. You'd have been blowing it. Or, or I would have been starting a lot later. And I would have had, you know, I might have had like some, some flyer gear or something, you know, extra sub in my trunk, whatever. Yeah. But that shit don't mean nothing to me right nah. now. Nothing. It don't, it don't mean nothing. I can't even, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think there's anything that I've done up until 2011 that matters. Yeah. It's nothing. Not, not a damn thing. I had kids. Cool. But other than that, there is not there is nothing I can say that I spent money on or that mattered or I even know where it's at before twenty eleven. Well that's true. I mean, look at me. Look at my stupid ass. I'm gonna be living in a one bedroom apartment and I bought a Range Rover. Stupid. I should have bought a fucking house. I could have put a down payment on a crib or something. Or even got a rental property or something. But but, see, but that's the but we we've always I don't want to say we've been taught to think short-minded, but we've never been told we can shoot for the moon. We've never been told yeah. that. Yeah. And it, and we, we are learned. We should know it now. Because that's generational. That's what I'm saying. YouTube yeah. shows us everything. and We should know that. But for whatever reason, we find it cool to be stuck at the bottom for whatever, for whatever reason. Like even I think about people, um, people buying, all this name brand stuff. You're spending $400 on a t-shirt and or not. whatever because it's say Balenciaga. It's like they've yeah. convinced us that spending our money is showing that we got it. Fuck all that. Nope. Yeah. Hell no. That's why, you know what? And that's that's my point. While the rest of these niggas was going out there getting these Balenciagos, getting these true religion jeans and all that other bullshit. Yeah. I stuck at you motherfucking American Eagle. I stuck at your gaps. I stuck at your 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 your, your, your American outfit is or I stuck at I I still stick at your H and L. I'll get some cheap shit. Yeah, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go a step below you, my good brother. I'm all about good fellow at a uh, good old Target with oh, yeah. the Mosi Mo. Yeah, yeah. And these uh yeah, what they know about the Mosi Mo? They don't know nothing about the Mosi Mo, bro. And these faded so glory T-shirts from Walmart. Listen, man. Those don't know about Lee. Well, now they do. They try to catch on to that shit now. Shit, I was rocking Lee jeans and and tough skins back in the day. Yo, <laughs> yo, them, yo, them Lee jeans were so tough, man. Them Jones stood up by themselves. Oh yeah. Since we talking about jeans, though, we got We got to put this to rest. We got to put this to bed. I hate when motherfuckers say this excuse. When they be like, when they be like, why y'all talking about what, us wearing skinny jeans? Y'all was wearing skinny jeans back then, motherfucker. We didn't have no choice back then. 
when Carl and I came in with the baggy shit, then we had options to wear baggy. Yeah, there shit, wasn't. Yeah, there wasn't many options. I hate when they use that excuse. Like back then, they were just Lee jeans straight down. And up it was and, down. Com- and we was coming off the seventies too. The seventies, it was it was wearing some crazy. We didn't stuff. have the option to change off the skinny jeans. So when the young kids try to use that excuse, like y'all was wearing skinny jeans in the eighties, motherfucker, we didn't have the option of there was but- no boot cut straight. Baggy, slim, loose fit. There wasn't all that. It was just Lee. It was just boss. Yeah, it was just Lee. But that's what I'm saying. Then in the '90s, when uh, all these uh, the Carcanize, the cross colored, and all that stuff coming out with the baggy shit, then all of those other designers was like, "Oh shit, we can make them a little looser now to fit in with the with the hip hop crowd." Then Tommy Hilfiger started coming out with his baggy shit, and fucking Tyrese was a a model for him, and Tyson Beckford and all that. So. Damn, All you young Tyson motherfuckers, Beckford. yo, remember that. Remember, everybody used to flip through the source. And you would see Tyson Beckford. He was token blackie in all of those Tommy Hilfiger ads. Token blackie. Him and him and, <laughs> and occasionally Naomi, Naomi Campbell, too, every now and then. But what I'm saying is, like, when they try to use that excuse, it's like, no, y'all just doing that now. And then this is the funny thing. We was, we was sagging our pants or whatever to a certain extent. But now y'all buy skinny jeans and sag y'all pants, which makes it look even stupider. And then y'all buy them them Ethica fucking boxers just to show the design of the boxers. Like if that's an extra piece of, uh, never mind. I'm, I'm, I'm an old man, listen, rain, man. man. I'm, a, I'm just an old man, right? Everybody cares about status, man. And then you try to hide a gun. And then you try to hide a gun in them skinny ass jeans. John, you, you, you really you just got a problem with skinny jeans in general. Who me? Yeah, you do. No, I don't got a problem with skinny jeans. I got a problem with the young boys trying to make fun of. The back in the day, or trying them trying to justify wearing super skinny jeans. Like, no, you got the option to wear them skinny jeans if you want, but don't try to use the excuse of, oh, well, y'all did it back in the day. Well, back in the day, there wasn't many choices, but there is choices now. So they're, they're well, trying to well, say but, it like there isn't a choice. That's what I'm getting. Check it out, though. We had a choice, bro, in mid 90s and the 90s and 2000, early 2000, bro. We had a choice not to wear these big ass jeans, bro. But that was our thing. That was our hip hop fashion. And I told you that when we, when I went to Australia and shit and you said it yourself. Go ahead. Oversized jeans, bro. I I think about that now. And I I look back at old. It looks crazy now when I see it. But like, I look at that shit. We was wearing like extra long t-shirts, baggy ass jeans, bro. It was like, yo. But you know what that's from too, though? You know what that's from too? That's that's kind of like from a jail thing too, the extra long tees and all that shit, and that's kind of kind of with drug culture too, though, because you know the cuffing of the jeans, you know the cuffing of the jeans right here at the bottom. Remember that? Yeah. That was to hide your drugs or stuff in the sock, the jeans in the sock. That was to hide your drugs. That was more kind of drug culture on some real shit. I'm gonna question. Benny, you there? I'm here. I'm here. Benny, did you ever? I'm gonna ask you this question. It might be a stupid ass question because I don't. Some of your classic pictures I've ever seen this. But, but did you ever wear do rags? <laughs> <laughs> nah, never. Why? <laughs> I was just wondering, bro, because I've never seen any of your pictures where you ever wore a do rag. Eminem. I've no. I've no. I've no. I never had the um. I never, uh-huh. none, never had the um. I had when I was younger. Younger, I had the um. The white bro. And that was when I was too young. When I was old enough to, you know, start getting a cut, I just had it was like curly on top, and then the fade. Yeah, he had the fade. He had a box fade. He was the original Steph Curry. um, The the Adam Sandler, like the short, the short, like bro. I tried to meet 
time and put waves on one of your one of your pictures. Yeah, and it just didn't work. I was like, it's not going to look right. So I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't put it out because I was like, yo, I was going, I was going to do you like they've been doing Thanos for the last three or four years. You know what it is? That's from. I'm gonna tell you what that's from. That's from. My pops was not. He wasn't into fashion and look like he was into just whatever, whatever. Like he didn't give a shit about fashion, none of that. So he never, he never did that shit. He never had like he never had like the most fashion sense my pops had was like he had the afro and the bell bottoms in the seventies. But then once it got past that. He was just worried about comfort, and he didn't give a fuck what anybody thought. Bro. So, so he never passed on that, like, have your kid dripped out in the fade yeah. and Jordans and all that shit, like a lot of us do with our younger, you know, kids and shit like that. He never really, you know, so he never really tried to, like, oh, like, get the boy some waves. Like, nah. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, see, you, you guys are lucky, though, growing up like that, man, because at least you, you kind of had options, but... Imagine growing up with a Jehovah's Witness mom who's so into the religion where they kind of beat it into her head that anything hip hop was considered worldly, which is considered Satan, which is considered the devil. So yeah. no bag of jeans this way, no fade this way. Imagine coming to Harrisburg, 1991, eighth grade, he middle said school. no fade this way. <laughs> no, a fade was considered worldly to her. It, it's so fucking confusing. Anything hip hop related to her was considered worldly. So we imagine coming to Harrisburg... Richard Pryor every day. Huh? So, so, so you used to walk around with a Richard Pryor every day. Imagine walking into <laughs> middle school, section 187, house one, and walking in with a fucking fro on the first day of school. <laughs> His mom said, Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. You laughing with your pink sweater on. Fuck you, nigga. <laughs> Bro. So you used to walk around looking like Bill Cosby's Mortimer no, pen. No. <laughs> listen, I can't even. I remember this vividly. Yo. Walking into music class at that time. <laughs> Get your laugh out, nigga. That's, that is crazy. So all we got, all we would get. <laughs> yo, I still remember this. I still remember this, yo. I, and remember, we was we was broke too. I had some blue suede LA gears walking into fucking middle school. And I remember blue I sat down. Suede. I remember I sat down, that whole class looked at me, and I just looked at all of them and said, What? And all of them just started laughing like you laughing, motherfucker. Damn, bro. I can't I cannot imagine you with an afro. Damn. I've had it a couple times now since then, but yeah, man. That's it was, it was crazy. Yeah, and then and let me tell you the worst thing, yo. I cried. I was in eighth grade and I cried off of this shit. She took us to the barbershop, right? Left us there. And then he, the barber said, What kind what do you want? And I said, Give me a fade, right? So he starts fading me up and give me like a, a round off or whatever. My mom walked oh. in and said, My mom walked in and said, No, that's not it. She's he said, Oh, okay. It cut it all off. <laughs> so I had I'm, a, run, I'm running away. So running I had so it. I had no check this out. So I walked in there with like a little fro, thinking I'm gonna walk out with a fade and you know what I mean, like a little, you know, round off or whatever. And I walked out of there with a one. 
I cried that night. I thought I when I walked into school, I thought they was gonna smack my head so many times. And then wait, well, hold up, hold up. Was you thinking that once they started, your mom was just gonna be like, Oh, all right, whatever. (laughs) My dumbass. My dumbass. You know what? Yeah. That's what I thought. My mom didn't take that shit. She said nah. Like, you know what? That look kind of good. Nope. Get, take this. She was like, she was like, you know what? Yeah, you can cut that off because it's not going to work. And yeah. y'all, oh, that's yeah. the clip on the barber said, move over. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yo, check out though. Yeah. Hey, yo, I got, I got to tell you this though, real quick. We had just moved back. Okay, because my mom at the time, like I told you, she was a traveling nurse. Yeah, yeah. So we had just moved back here from New York and my I had the I had, it was my very first pair. This was in the sixth grade, bro. My very first pair of shell top Adidas. I had the classics with the leather tongue. Mm-hmm. Classic. Warm the school they got stolen. My grandma was like, don't worry about it. I'm gonna get you a new pair. Now mind you, my mom had moved because like I said, she had went away. I was staying with my grandma at the time. She was like, don't worry. We're going to get you another pair. And I'm like, all right, cool, smooth. Now, follow me here. Living on 15th and Walnut. You're driving from 15th and Walnut to Derry Street. Okay? You're taking you're 17th Street all the way down to Derry. You're going to take Derry the whole way up. There's only two or three different locations on the way up to Paxton Street or going to, to get on Paxton Street. You can either, either take straight 13th Street. Yep. The bridge over there by uh uh um by uh, phone, w- by, by, yep the underpass or the bridge over there or 29th Street mm-hmm. or the bridge that went under uh the bridge when you go further up Derry Street where the Wicker East used to be yep by the firehouse there was those only three sections mm-hmm. now we're on that we're going up Derry Street and she misses the first two turns I'm like all right cool I'm not gonna worry about it. She knows where she's going. She passes 29th Street. I'm like, all right, well, we got this bridge. <laughs> hey, Bruce, hold up. You probably know where I'm going with this. <laughs> she goes past the 29th Street Bridge. We get up there by the firehouse. She goes past that way. And I'm like, well, there's only other one other way you can go, and that's the back road to get past. And you got to drive past Strowman's to get back around. Bro. When I saw that Pickway sign, I knew it was over. <laughs> Bro. You might have to let people know what Pickway is. Pickway. <laughs> for anybody who knows, Pickway was the very first Taylor. It was here before Pickway. <laughs> it was Pickway. Bro, I'm like, Pickway was a place where you can go get suede things. You <laughs> in there and got some stadiums. It's stadiums, right? Bro, no. <laughs> I didn't get neither pair. She got me these five stripe Pro 500s, bro. But they were <laughs> so Dude, my grandma Pro M Pro M Pro M 500s. Adidas carries the two, bro. <laughs> so I went to school and I'm just like, all right, if I wear these big jeans at the bottom, <laughs> two stripes, and all they see is three. Bam! No, I said I had to sit. I forgot that I had to sit down after the Pledge of Allegiance, bro. He had on some Adidas in them. <laughs> in them. <laughs> bro. 
bro. Yo. They lit me up. And you guess who, guess who basically was there laughing with him, bro? I already know. Your cousin Arlo. I already know. Plugging, bro. Yeah. With him. They laid me out, bro. I didn't wear them. I, I went home and threw them in the trash and told my grandma. <laughs> You rebelled. Yo, them, yo, them <laughs> 500s was indestructible, though. They probably floating around somewhere. Bro, <laughs> bro So, Johnny, you talking about a laugh, bro. I got killed, man. Man. But this Damn. is the funny thing, yo. To, to finish what I was saying, when I went back to school the next day, I'm thinking they're going to clown the shit out of me. They was like, I ran with the lie that they said. They was like, oh, you cutting it off because you growing out your box. You're going to grow out a box, right? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I just ran with that lie. <laughs> I bet I bet none of y'all had to go to school in a suit though, involuntarily. Mm. My mom used to make me rock a suit to school. Was it for Once picture it, day or was it just because? No, it was just because <laughs> a full oh, three piece suit with the, with the loafers with panties in them. Three piece, no biscuit. And it didn't even it didn't even matter if I was like, yo, I got gym today. It didn't even matter. <laughs> I would at least take my jacket off, but I had on my vest. Posting somebody up. Please. You said three piece with the vest, bro? With the vest. <laughs> yeah, with your mom like, you're gonna love it. I guarantee. She was like, why don't you? I remember her going, Why don't you start a new trend? I'm like, Mom, <laughs> ain't nobody gonna rock no no three piece. You speaking to degenerate little Harrisburg ghetto bastards. Yo. Fuck that, bro. That ain't gonna fly. Bro, Yo, tell listen, me. every time I got on that bus, they be like, oh, here come Farrakhan. I ain't know who Farrakhan <laughs> was. Bro, Bruce, tell me you didn't have to play kickball with your shoe. With, I did. Oh. Whatever, whatever we was doing in gym, I was doing it. Remember that little uh, parachute thing? They make us get under the parachute. I was Jesus. under the parachute with that vest on. Jesus <laughs> Christ. And yeah, I, only I, had three, I only had three suits, and one of them was red. Oh man! Uh, Damn! You know what? Oh, that's another thing so, too. When I moved here, y'all motherfuckers rock jeans every single day. To me, that was weird because I guess my mom she we wore khakis and shit like that or whatever pants we I had. I didn't even know what a khaki was until I got to middle school. Yo, I man, was until I got out of high school. Period, bro. Because it, it was either silk dress pants or jeans. See, we damn. didn't even have jeans. Like, damn, man. I guess the only coolest parent that the only only person that had a cool ass parent here was Vinny. Uh, <laughs> nah, it, we had like I got one pair of new kicks at the beginning of the year and a, and an outfit for each day, and that was it. And the worst part is I would like have to like try to be slick about when to wear my shirts and shit like that. And I remember the worst part was we had oh my god, yo, we had. Um, drivers ed and health rotated. Mm. Always landed on a Wednesday, right? So there was that group in the class had or were like a group of kids who only see me on that day. <laughs> dumb enough to have like a shirt that only that I was wearing just happened to be that I was wearing on that Wednesday. And I remember this one chick came out and was like, "Damn, you really like that shirt, don't you?" Like, <laughs> as if I wore it every day, Shit. like as if I wore it every day because that was the only time they ever see me. And I'm like, "All right, this this guy changed that that yeah yeah." But he's running around like the folk in the video game. Let me ask you something, Vinny. Though with that though. 
because I got this pass too. Because when I got here in, in Harrisburg, I was a short little motherfucker. So, mm-hmm. and everybody was mad. I was never seen. I was like, I swear to God, Harrisburg. I thought because it was by the Three Mile Island, and y'all was mutants. Because y'all remember Hassan? <laughs> y'all remember Hassan? You know Hassan, right? Campbell. Yeah. He was six it, four yep. in eighth grade. He was in yeah. my class. All y'all motherfuckers was tall as shit back then, and I was I, maybe because I was a short kid, and they just felt like I didn't get. I got bullied and roughed up, yeah, but not to the like extreme because all them was so big, and I think they got a pass. And I was like thinking, like, Vinny, did you get a kind of a pass because of that too? And then I was smart. I was smart for two reasons. A, somehow, and it wasn't even by design. It's just the way it worked out. I always had friends that were big. Like I don't even know why it just happened. Like remember Tatito? Yep. Jose was like, you know it. Jose, Jose was friends since like sixth grade. And I think it was, I'm sure part of it that there was shit that there was people who didn't fuck with me that I didn't even realize they didn't fuck with me because of Jose. I know that for a fact. And then also the other thing was I was funny. I learned that as a defense mechanism when I was real young. Oh, somebody would fuck with me. I never like, oh, like act like I wanted to fight them or got mad. Like I remember somebody came up to me. It was like, yo, yo, give me your lunch money. And I was like, and I said something funny that just made him laugh and then like we was friends and then i was like oh, okay that's how it works See, and then i just I used that, that like growing up like I that's was how he lured him to the room <laughs> yeah. that's what I bro. <laughs> yo no nah, but seriously though i would flip funny shit like i would always flip funny shit that people said to me and you know like to fuck with me into something that like i would take somebody's joke and i'd be like nah say this or like i would critique their fucking joke like i want to laugh too make it funnier yeah he ate mild him you know what yeah, i mean like and, yeah. he ate mild him. and it would always pe- have it would always like make rabbit. people go he was v rabbit he was v like, rabbit real, like that would happen a lot. a lot a lot of cats would be like oh oh shit like all right well all right fuck now what and then it doesn't you know and you just that's that's part of going to school not only in at the high, but that's just life in general. Like, you, but don't... you know what? That's how we develop tough skin, too. Yeah. We needed see, to go through that that's shit. That's part of why, like, you know, you're not allowed to, 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 you know, to make fun of kids anymore, like, bully and, and shit like that. And that's good and everything. But that also does prepare you for life because when you yeah. get out of high school, you're not going to have on the streets or, and a, you know, in real life and in jobs and shit. Like, there's going to be people who fuck with you. And, yeah. and you can't always be like, I'm going to tell the teacher. You yeah. have to figure out a way to deal with it in a way that, that like, navigates it. And either you're going to be the badass enough where you're going to kick their ass if they come oh, with nah. you. Or, or you're going to flip it and, like, turn that person into your friend. Like, and, like, shit, I, I went from, I'm roasting this kid because I thought he was little and, like, you know. And now it's like, I think he's, like, cool when we friends. How the fuck that happened? What did he, what did he, how the fuck did he do that? And yeah. Yeah. that to me has always seemed like the better outcome than even just kicking the ass. Because all right, so you fight, and then now you in trouble because they don't care who started it. Yeah, no, nah, they dealing with it. They killing themselves or killing the people that's bullying them. Exactly. Yeah, that's the but, thing, man. What I was about though, it's crazy how we, you know, our upbringing, how we actually came up, and the less that we did have, the amount of times that we got picked on. How we basically evolved to even now is the source of why we feel as though we have that our appearance continues to evolve 
because we're always in the back of our mind. I don't give a fuck who you are thinking of how you were when you were young and the treatment that you received back then. Yeah. You're like, I will never go through that shit again. Yeah. <laughs> like you, like literally those, those moments, they did. It helped us to basically evolve and look at life a totally different way. Whereas now these kids are coming up getting everything that they want. Because yeah, we look at it as we don't want them. We kind of want to live through them and be like, damn, man, I didn't go to school fresh. So let me make sure my little one goes fresh yeah. and make sure that's she kinda, has. That's kind of bad, though. though. That, it is. is it is. It is, dude. It's terrible. That's why the situation I to let happened. my kids rock yeah. as long as they could. Like, I yeah. let them let them pick out their own clothes or whatever until it got too out of hand. I'd be like, yo, rock, rock what you want to rock. When I, mean, you know, I took them shopping, what do you want? You know what I mean? Like, I didn't mind them rocking Ninja Turtles or whatever they wanted to do yeah. until, you know, they decided that yeah. they wanted, you know, because I'm, like I said, I'm going to tell you what. Spending money on, you know, baby clothes, when I see people got on baby Gucci and all that, what the that fuck are no you sense doing? To me. Yeah, that what are you no doing? Sense. But th- there's, there's something, there's a, there's a quote I've seen that, that always, like, resonated with me. Cause I think about how my pops had it rough, and then yeah, I took I took what the pain I seen my father expressed to me on how he had it and how he made a better life for us, but yet we were still poor by you know Harrisburg standards. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were still poor by the average everyday standards, but it was better than how he had to deal with and how. I look at where my life is now and I'm always comparing myself to like where my dad was at this point in time in his life and so on and so forth. And my sisters like do too. Like we look at each other as like the shit that mom and dad like stress on us to like make sure that we had it better than they did. Like we, we like took the heart and we, we like focused yeah. on that. And then now I look at like my, my nephews and my the second generation, you know, the next generation of my family and how, they have such differences in upbringing how they did. And I always think about this joint a scene that said like, um, what is it? Hard times create uh, strong men and strong yeah. men create good times. Good times though, create weak men and weak men create hard times. Mm. Holy shit. That's true. Mm. Damn. That's true, though, too, because we and I know Leo, we both have daughters, so to speak. You know, what I mean, we uh, we probably provided the top sneakers like Shamim never had a school year where she didn't start with three pairs of sneakers and at least 16 different outfits or something like that. And we went above and beyond to keep it like that. But have you noticed now, though, that they take that shit for granted? Exactly. Without a doubt. Yeah. Like, it's keep so very tough, right? If you want to, you want to like do better for her than you have, but at the same time, how do you give them better yet at the same time also give them the mindset that, it's, yeah. that we were instilled with that that shit is not promised, it's not guaranteed, and you got to scrape and fight for it to get it. And how, how precious and how hard it is to fucking get where you are at now and how not everybody's going to be there. And so yeah. you're not thinking that that's just going to be just a given. That's going to be automatic that when she gets older, she'll be able to do that. This it's, is, it's tough. Yeah. It's going like, to be a healthy balance, man. I know. So, because it's, so it's, it's really tough because you want to be able to not just give your kids the, the things that you didn't have, but you also want to be able to give them the thing, the, the knowledge that you didn't have. That's what I would say about Shamim. She lacks the street smarts, but I keep telling her, like, 
you have no idea how good you got it. Like you're all stressed and depressed because a kid at school said they didn't like you or something. Like she's a big throw on that thing. And I was like, trust me, you have not. This is what I say to her, and I always say this to most kids. Like y'all haven't had life punch you in the face yet. Nah. And some of y'all, I'm trying to. They might have in their own way. They might have. It could have came with some trauma. Yeah. But that, but that level of punch in the face is not the same as when you out here on your own. Not even a little bit. Yeah. But it's a tough part of the way that the the way that this generation is taught how to deal with hardships because like I'm watching like like my sister for instance she she tells tells me not a lot like feel your feelings and a lot of a lot of this gen, new age shit where not just with her but just in general where all, kids are supposed to be in tune with the feelings like boys are allowed to cry and all that good stuff and there's a lot of truth to that and there's a lot of shit that as men and from our generation, we bury pain and didn't handle it properly and shit like that. But at the same time, it's like, I feel like sometimes it swings too much the other way where yeah. you you can't also be uh, susceptible to pain at, at a level where if you, if you recognize it and realize it and shit like that, that's fine. But when you're so vulnerable to your emotions without having the control over them, then mm. you have to be able to you know, process your emotions, not just recognize them. And I feel like a lot of times it's like so much emphasis on go ahead and feel as bad as you want and shit, just cry or have or take a, a mental health day. Like, yo, imagine somebody told us 20 years ago, I'm calling off, tell the boss 20 years ago, I'm calling off because I'm having a, me- I need a mental health day. And then you, do, you, you lose your job. And there's, but there's, see, there's levels to that too, because you can tell. It's one thing to, to tell, uh, like, boys that they're able to be, you should be able to be emotional and all that. But the other part that happens, if you just gave them that, they could probably uh, navigate that and figure out how to make that work. But then when you add in the fact that we're also telling these kids that they matter. You matter. You're important, which you are, but we're not giving them the whole truth. Like, yes, you do matter, but sometimes you don't matter before everybody else. Mm. Like sometimes, sometimes, even though we all matter, sometimes you still have to take a back seat to something greater than yourself. But they don't have that today. You know what? They don't know this. You know what? That's one of the things my dad always told me. Straight up. And one of the biggest things that he ever told me, he said, you know what, people, he said, you can work hard to be complacent. It's easy to do that. He said a lot of people work extremely hard to be complacent instead of taking yeah. forward to be successful. Straight up. You work hard mm-hmm. to basically be in one place and taking instead of taking like three or four steps forward to be towards success. And that's the truth. And the thing is, we don't tell we we're so we're we're conditioned to say, you know what? Don't worry about it. You have it in you. You're gifted, you're talented, you're beautiful, etc basically tell you that but aren't providing the tools and the formula of how to get there and also setting you up for failure just think yeah and i'm gonna tell you what that happened right after us like we're all in our 40s that happened right after us like i know a lot of people who are in their mid-30s and they don't have they don't have this mindset at all so i feel like the, the break happened right after us yep and then it just gradually became more and more because you know I want my kids to know that they're important but I also want them to know that they have to work hard they 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 have yes. to so you have to apply yourself because being important 
is not enough. Of course, you're important, but you, you have know what to I be. See every day, I see every day. I see a meme about how the fuck that job cost. They was, you know, they replace you in a second. And it's like that mindset that everybody yeah. in the world is going to be the boss, and no one is going to be an employee. It's not reality. Yeah. yeah. You're a shit employee. You're going to be a shit employer. Right. Mm. Say that again. So, right. Say that again. If you're a shit employee, you're going to be a shit employer. If you don't have that work ethic to show up to your job that you agree yep. to and bust your ass, then you aren't going to have that will to go and bust your ass for yourself because you don't even want to go punch a nine to five. When you run a business or if you want to be the boss that you say you want to be, it ain't no nine to five. That's fucking 24 seven. Johnny, Absolutely. you know, Bruce, you know, Leo, you mm-hmm. know, and I know we all run our own businesses where we yep. know that there ain't no hours. It's no. all the hours. But see, but and what working you, on our shit. You know, everything no you just said, everything that you're saying and everything you just said is the part that we don't, we don't give them. We give them the surface part. Right. Because, you know, like that, it is true that your job really doesn't care about you for the most part. You are just a number. But sometimes, even though you're important, just being the number is okay yep. for yep. you to step up to, to get to the next level. So yeah. while you might not like being a number at yeah. this juncture in time, this is what you have to be to get to your next point. But if you're already thinking, well, I ain't going to be a number, then you're not even going to begin your journey to get past being a number. Right. True. You want to get straight to a mogul. Yeah. And it don't happen like that. Like you have to yeah. learn to work, to learn how to, to lead. Yep. Mm-hmm. Straight up. That's true. I totally agree put this shit in the grid but we do we give them everything and it, and some of it is convenient and then we give our kids everything out of convenience all right, and gonna, because we don't want to see them hurt yeah but, gonna, that's the thing man I'm, i gotta divulge this shit uh, to her with shamim it's like if you tell her that she didn't do something right or something like that to, in her brain that shit is catastrophic to the point where it's borderline suicidal yeah everything is everything is extreme with extreme. them because because they don't, you know, and, and some of us, some of us too, we, we've learned, I'm just now starting to learn that just because I failed today, I don't have to take it, carry it into tomorrow. Tomorrow's a whole new chance to fix or do something better. And, and honestly, I've been doing that my entire life. I'll sit and play a video game for 10 hours trying to beat one boss. But then for a long time as a kid, I'd fail one time in, in life and fold up. It don't even make sense. Yeah. It don't even make sense at all. And when I hit start again after I lose for the millionth time, I'll be like, all right, let me figure out what I need to do different. And that is, you know, when you said she, everything is catastrophic because she's not immediately thinking, all right, I messed up here. What am I going to do different moving forward? They don't, we don't really think like that. I'm telling you, man, that shit, man, and it'd be, it'd be stressing me out, man. I'll be like, and it's also girls, man. Girls, man. It's something else. That's why I'm hoping to have a fucking boy. They don't. I'm I'm convinced that girls don't. They don't. They don't. They don't hear us when we say what we're saying. For the most part, they don't hear what we're saying. They they hear it in their own language. Yes, if, and, if that makes any sense. And unless a peer tells them, sometimes then they'll really take heed. If a peer, oh, I, I hate that. I. See now you about to trigger me right now. I'm about Yo, to tear man. this room up. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> I've been trying to get her to like exercise for years and years since eighth grade. Now all of a sudden, 
she wants to tone her arms or something now, and now she wants to go to the gym. I've been trying to get her to go to the gym for fucking years. Well, you know, everybody arrives at their, you know, where they want to be, where they need to be, they might arrive there a little later mm-hmm. than what we see. You know what I mean? With like us being adults and telling kids, we can tell them everything we want to be blue in the face, but sometimes they do have to see it to believe it. You know, they might be like, oh, my dad don't know what he's talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. My mom don't know what she's talking about. They don't realize that we've already, how many times, you, I know you've heard, I've been your age, you ain't never been mine. Yep. Yeah. And there was some truth to that. There was some truth to that. I always thought, but you weren't my age because the times were different. This and the third. And then, and then there's always some little tweaks, but for the most part, it's kind of all the same. Yeah. We wasn't disrespectful of these kids. What's that? Let me see that sweatshirt. Come together. Right now. Target. Over me, Paul. Nice. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> yo, yo, that line is crazy. Now, now that you say it. Holy shit. That's the Bukaki theme song. Yo, that is crazy. <laughs> yo, damn, we done went from rules and hip hop to fucking parenting one hundred and one to that's the way it's supposed to be. That's how They're... this podcast goes. Shit, a bunch of forty year old bitter. Mo- no, I'm just playing. We ain't bitter motherfuckers. We just yeah, have our listening. questions for this generation. I was trying to get a young boy on here to have the you know what I mean, the contrast to see to get into their mind. I'm gonna work on that to get somebody oh, in their twenties. Say that. Say what? He'd have, he'd have hung up in like ten minutes after he heard Ock. Nah, he wouldn't, cause Dula knows how to talk to the young boys. Believe it or not, think about it. Dula's a doorman at a club with some of the youngest ratchet niggas come in there all the time. He knows how to talk to everybody. That's how he gets along with literally every single one of us. You know what I mean? <laughs> Shit. That's crazy. Yeah, man. But like you said, it's just like you said, Vinny. Though, like all of us have progressed in our own little ways, and all of us are doing like either. Either working somewhat of a nine to five, but all of us are creative enough to do other endeavors and shit. Like clearly see that with Vin Rock been an independent working independently. I'm going on two years being independent in May, like totally working for myself. You know, I didn't even know I could though. Yeah, I know, but we I'm weren't taught honest, that. I didn't, we know, weren't, I, I didn't we know I could. We weren't taught that. We were all taught to be worker bees, you know, get the house, get the mortgage, get you know what I mean? Stay working, work on your pension or your 401k and all that. You know what I mean? We well, I'm going to tell you this too. That's a good point. You, you, brought, that, you brought that up because <clears throat> I didn't know that I could pursue my dreams. As crazy as that might sound, I didn't know. Like I became a dad and then my thing was just survival. It was just like, all right, I need to get this money to survive, not let me build something. Let me explore dreams. And I, I didn't have that. I'm just now getting that. Like, literally, just now coming into that. Hey, you're never too old for any of that shit. I used to always think that, too. I remember mm, I remember this one white bitch. She tried to say, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to call her a white bitch. And, bitch, you got an outbreak, too. And think I ain't know about it. But anyway. Holy anyways. <laughs> yeah. oh, yes. Yo, oh, no. This God. is why. This is I, I go for the jugular on this bitch because she tried to talk oh, down to God. me. She was, at the time, I'm angry. Say no names or nothing. We were at a certain job or whatever. And I was in my 30s or whatever. Hi, Tiffany. Nah, you stupid. It's close to that, but not that. <laughs> Anyways, so so she was she was younger and like um she was younger and she had a higher position than me. Let's say this. She had a higher position than me. One, two. Then she was talking to me like, 
try to like bark on me and I'm like 10 years older than her. And she was like, yeah, I'm successful. And that's why you're 30 years old, still making coffee. Cause I was working at cafe Fresco prior to that job. I was like, bitch, do you, are you serious? Like she tried to bark on me like that. And like, she tries to front like this whole successful thing is like, like she's super successful, but really in the background, her life is in sham. It's kind of like social media. You know oh, what I mean? Usually, that's you look good goes, in the right? front. You look good in the front. It's like that meme where it's like the smiley face, and then you know you peel the mask back, and then in the back they're crying behind it. It's one yeah, of a lot shits. of life is like that, man. You know what I mean? A it's lot, of, a lot of life is like that. Yeah, man. I, I'm sorry. Some grudges I just hold for a very, 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 very long time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. All right, let me go down the list. I'm gonna start with Bruce up top because that's how it looks on my phone. Bruce up top. Name one girl. That you know that if you saw her right now, you would hawk spit right in her face from middle school or Holy or elementary shit. or anything like that. Like if you just see her, you just hope that she has AIDS or something like you just hope for the worst for her. <laughs> There's always yeah. one person and you know their first and last name that you know that you just hate to your core because of how they made you feel or whatever. I, I can't even I can't even say somebody. From Vinny, school. I know you got like three. I got two. <laughs> And I have one. I have one from from back in the Boston days, but he committed yo, suicide. So, hey, it is what it is. Damn, yo, Johnny, man, you oh, I I got a lot of ruthless. Things. You ruthless, bro. Damn, What's your man. birthday, man? You a Cancer? No, my birthday just passed twenty seventh. I'm a Pisces. I don't oh, believe yeah, in that that's right. What am I, my bugger? I don't believe in that sign shit. But <laughs> oh, just like this song, I take it personal. <laughs> he said, "Vinny got three. Yes, because nah, I was I ain't gonna bring it up, but I was a witness to something that somebody did to Vinny when we was in high school days, and I know that had to hurt. And I wish I was more vocal back then because I would have stepped to him and fought him for you. But I, he probably would have whooped my ass too because he was bigger than both of us. I'll tell you about it off. off well, this. let's find him. Let's find him now. Well, nah. no, now he's fucked up. <laughs> and well, it's funny. You it's go. funny how life. You know what? Yeah. That's usually how that happens. Yes, that's usually how that happens. I'm gonna tell you uh, who it is, Vinny. Off mic, you're gonna know exactly who the fuck I'm talking about. Because I don't remember. Like it might be somebody. I saw it happen. He did some bullying shit, and he was bigger than both of us. And he did something to you. It was like that was foul as fuck. And we everybody called him out on it, but he didn't give a fuck. And now he's fucked up. Uh, that's what happened. I'm texting you his name right now, Vinny. I'm putting in the group chat, but don't don't none of y'all say this shit. Do you remember this, Vinny? You remember him? And now he's fucked up. But it's funny how karma kicks certain people in their ass. You know what I mean? It's just, I just like see it like that. Like when I heard the dude that used to kind of like bully me and shit uh, in Boston, the name was Juan Rosado. Then I found out like about 10 years ago that he had committed suicide and shit. And I was like, I didn't, I kind of like felt bad for two seconds. And I thought about the way he treated me and shit. And I was like, oh, maybe that's foul, but it is what it is. You remember that video? I don't even remember him. Okay. I do know that the people that treat you like that, like people, a lot of people who, They've been hurt too, people right? poorly. Yeah. They going through something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But I'm pretty they, sure y'all can remember usually, somebody I mean, that there did are something just that hurt y'all. Out there. Yeah. I, but I'm pretty sure every single one of y'all, if I went down the list, you could think of somebody who hurt y'all or hurt y'all feelings back then. And you could remember their first and last name because back, I ain't in, gonna say. back in the high school, middle school days, you could always remember somebody by first and last name. See, I don't know if I would spit in their face because they kind of did me well, a not favor. Spit in their, not spit in their face, but you just remember that hurt, and that's what you use that as fire to make you go. You know what I mean? Fire. Oh yeah, without without a doubt. It's honestly, bro. Nobody, 
because I, I'm not going to give that, that person that much power for me, bro. Well, good for you for having that shit as a young kid, motherfucker. Good for having both parents. You know what I mean? Shit. I had a fiend for a pops and a Jehovah's Witness for a mother. Shit. I could have been knocking at your door, fucking wanting to suck your dick for some crack rock or sell you a watchtower, motherfucker. Shit. Holy shit. Good for you, man. I didn't have that, man. Nobody, you know, nobody instilled shit in me like that, man. I I hold grudges like that. But you know what's funny, though? I keep that in a certain compartment in my brain sometimes when I'm unmotivated. I think of them moments that piss me off and they make me go. Oh, we got to find you some happy jars, bro. That ain't going that's not going to oh, fly no, I do. You about oh, to have a let kid. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you People something. People be tackling kids in the sandbox. Yo, Johnny, you're going to be playing. You no, just push no, my no, kid? No, you push because, my kid? No, but this is the thing, though. I don't let them linger as much as I do. Yeah, I'm bringing it up now, but it's being funny and shit, but... Like, I let that shit, I don't let it linger like that. Like, there's certain days where I get down on myself. Like, you stupid motherfucker. You working for yourself. You can go broke, da-da-da-da. But then the arrogant side clicks in my brain. You be like, motherfucker, you're sitting here doing whatever you want. You can sit here and jerk off and go to bed if you want. Or you well, can damn. sit here and get right. this money while, while a whole bunch of your peers are still clocking in a job hoping they get sick days. You know what I mean? It's like, if I wanted to, I could go take a flight right now and go to Florida and just chill for a week without having to tell no white man, yo, let me uh do i have sick days do i have your permission to leave you know what i mean so then that's, it, that's, that's the opposite dope. that clicks in you know what i mean of being independent and yes you kind of work from wherever you are huh yeah yeah but that's what i'm saying like and it's just like how Vinny said though it even though like being independent running your own business it's not a nine to five thing like for example when when we done with this i gotta spend the rest of my night clearing all of this shit off of the couches and shit and emptying all these boxes and listing them and everything like that. It's, yeah, well, yeah, I feel like there's always a trade-off. Sort yeah, of. yeah, it is. And but some, and some might have perks more than others. Yeah. Speaking of which, yeah, I got to go because I got work to do myself. I know. Yeah, we on we on the two-hour. We passed the two-hour mark reminiscing. Yeah, I'm about to and get I, off. And even though, even though, Lael, I know you're saying that, but, but then again, you were always a cool, fashionable dude, and you always had, like, you look like you always was well, uh, what do you say, well-groomed and shit like that. You know, luckily, you know, I mean, thank God for you. You had both of your parents and they were both inspiring and talked to you and stuff. They just didn't try to beat your head with watchtowers and, you know, whip your ass if you miss Kingdom Hall. But, you know, <laughs> that's I, Johnny I go kinda, bust the fridge when we get off. No, nah, I actually kind of no, I actually kind of envy kids that grew up with both parents that actually like motivated but, 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 them and gave them that. I didn't, I didn't have that. I didn't grow up with both parents. In the but same you had time. one of them was strong, though. Right. Which one was the strong both, one? Both of them were strong, bro. Good my mom, man. They just weren't in the same household, but they knew co-parenting was the key, and they loved their kids. So that was just that was just the thing. They were both present. That's, that's good. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I kind of envy that of certain people. And that's hard to do. I talk I to my therapist about that. That's hard to do. Yeah, I talk to my therapist about that shit a lot too. Though, like sometimes yeah. I hold them grudges, but then the other side of it click clicks in. You know what I mean? Every time there's a super downside of me. On the other side of it, though, then comes the arrogant part of me. Like, motherfucker, you're doing way better than a whole lot of your peers. There was the drug dealers, a couple of the drug dealers, and I'm going to say their names, Vinny. We knew about two or three of them drug dealers that they had all the Kalkanai shit, all the cross-color shit. They had the 40 Below Tims and all that shit. And then the other day, one of them asked me for a ride because he didn't have money to catch the bus. Yeah. yeah. That's how it worked, man. That's wow. what I was telling you. The slow grind yeah, is man. better like, then the, the the easy high, I'm telling you. Literally, damn homie, in I high school you was the man enough. homie. What the fuck happened to you? I, yeah. damn, it, it shocked me. But for real though, my version of arrogance though is I don't think about them. 
Good for you. I compete, I compete with I compete with myself. Exactly. Yo, Vinny's the ultimate Zen, zen master. Yo, yeah, the Zen is. master. I need some. But fucking... in way though, I think that's arrogant though, because I honestly do literally like. Not well, it's not arrogant. About... It's motivation. That's not it's, arrogant. It's, that's dope. It's that. Right. That's literally like what I literally. I don't look at what other other people. I I'm like, did I? Did I do better than I did last year? Did I do better? Yeah. Than last year? Ladies and gentlemen, Leo got to check out. So Leo, peace out. Good looking for your for your two cents, right, man. Bro. All right, fam. All right, fam. All right, get that dope. Peace. Peace. Shit, all of us, we having like an open open therapy session right now and shit, yo. Yeah, we we, got to save some of this for next next week. I'm telling you, We got to pick up where we left off. Yeah, because I got a lot of fucking trauma that I be having to let out, (laughs) as you can tell. And we can talk about it. See, see, and that's what brings me to where... um, People be like, oh, you just sharing for, you know, when people talk, they be like, oh, they just sharing for sympathy or they want this like probably or maybe they just want some answers or you want some pity or some sympathy. And sometimes uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I use it. It's, it's the, what's the Eminem line? But I but I use it for the fuel, for the fire to burn and it's burning and I Yeah, I use that yeah. as fuel. Man. But see, if we ain't sharing, though, if you don't share. How will we ever go and grow? Like you, you could share something, and Vinny could have some insight on it. I could have some insight on it that might change your perception of the way you think, or vice versa. I might have something going on with me, and you might be like, "Yo, did you ever think of this?" And I'd be like, "Damn, you know, I ain't think of that." But we don't do that enough. We don't share enough because we're the guys at we're all. trained we're trained to be like nah yo suck that shit the fuck not that even shit. just guys just people don't they don't share they be like oh this is my business I'm keep this in the house this is private or whatever and there's a lot of shit that's private that shouldn't be you shouldn't be fighting the battles by yourself mm, yeah but that's where and I think see I used to think fiends was stupid but I, I be thinking like some people they just have some hurt and they just can't escape it and they think that that's the escape yeah yeah. I'm gonna tell you what I've never been high, but from what I understand, sucks, but it didn't do shit for me. From what I understand, that euphoric, that euphoric feeling. And when I say high, I'm talking about like high, high, like the the dangerous stuff. Yeah, I hear that euphoric feeling is is like none other. Just you can escape for a second. It just is just major consequences behind it. Unfortunately. The way I heard it explained was like, imagine <clears throat> if you've been walking mile carrying heavy luggage and then you down. That, yeah. That moment is yeah. it, is the high. And so when it you know, nobody wants to pick them back back up again. So mm-hmm. the tough part is, you know what I mean, figuring out how we <clears throat> can cope and navigate through life without needing any of that shit to, you know, feel that that relief or that comfort from, you know, outside things that will manipulate how mm-hmm. and when where and why we're able to deal with the shit that we gotta deal with what's on our plate. Yeah. Yeah. And also here too though, with that though comes a great responsibility with that first high, especially with crack, because Crack has took a wet bite of my family's ass, took my father, took my sisters, took my brother. You know, father dead, sisters a bum, brother, life in prison. 
and all of them is the first they always it, it's always said that like that first high you get it just feels so damn good and then it doesn't even become a priority of you escaping whatever pain or whatever your mind that amount of dopamine in your brain is you spend yeah. chasing that same high again but you never get that first high ever again like that you get close but you never and you spend your whole life chasing it fuck Yo, everything else somebody I work with everything yeah somebody I work with he used to um, he used to smoke and he said the high only lasts 7 to 17 seconds mm. that's crazy which is why they go back for it everything which is kind of why I'll be having a hard time watching snowfall and be like Yo, they started that shit in the 80s as some shit that Reagan wanted just to get money to supplies with some his Contra armies in Nicaragua. Yep. Yep. And you destroyed whole generations of poor. Yep. At first, poor just black and Latinos, <laughs> but then it went into white people. Look at West Virginia. You know what? You know what, too? Mm. That's why um, when I hear about the opioid crisis, and I say yeah, crisis in airport. Exactly. That's why I be thinking to myself, it's hard for me. And, and I, that's where I have those moments. Say it. You Go ahead those, and say it. Go ahead and say moments. it. Go ahead. That's yeah. where I be having the moments now where I be, you know, I be hearing about people dying and it, it, it sounds terrible, but I be thinking, well, yeah, that's how that shit go. But y'all get, now, it, now it's a crisis and you're getting help for it yeah. and there's centers and there's all this nonsense, but they were just locking us up. Yeah, well, well, with us, it was an epidemic that needed to be yeah. stopped, and it was a war on drugs. War means soldiers, casualties, civilians, yeah. all of that. So that phrase too, and I'm gonna get—I ain't gonna get in trouble for this. Fuck that. That whole war on drugs shit. You know how Nancy Reagan's the one that started it. If I said this, I probably said this before on here too, though. I hope that karma catches up. To, she dead now, but I hope. Like, if you started, you said the war on drugs, and then you started seeing the effects of it just to support your husband's, you know, side mm -hmm. war down there, and you saw that it was happening that way, and y'all didn't do nothing to stop it after you saw the damage, if you were complacent in that, I hope you come back resurrected as a newborn crack but baby every they time, didn't over wanna, and but over. they didn't want to stop it, though. They didn't want to stop it. They was killing two birds with one stone. They were getting the money that they needed to fund their wars and whatever else they was doing and it, it was eradicating us at the same time it was it was actually it was three genius three birds you got the, the money from dealing with people like um whatchamacallit Escobar yep. so you had that those relationships then you had eliminating poor blacks and Latinos which was a, a plus for them and then on top of that you had basically the you know, you, you funded and, and increased your military presence. It's kind of like how it was like a, a workaround. Like, they wanted the Privacy Act. 9-11 gave it to them. Yep. Mm -hmm. So yep. you got yeah. to increase your military presence in the inner cities to control, you know, what was going on there. And knowing that it would cause a generational curse. So And you just renamed it with the Patriot Act, not privacy no more. So I don't so, think, sometimes I don't think they think that far, though. They don't, they don't I, I do. realize I, the ripple effect. Bullshit. I, I, the, I, we think steps A, B, and C, they're on Y and Z already. They're thinking that far ahead. Now, now maybe the, you know, the detective at the station trying to find out who killed the dude in the alley this weekend isn't thinking like that, but the people for paychecks ahead of them are. Yeah. Mm. And, and it's 
tough because when you think about it, it's like the shit that this, the ripple effects of that is exactly what was, you know, the, the, the end game, which is having, you know, an, an entire generation raised by just single moms. So you don't have all the dads are in jail, giving them free labor, 13th mm-hmm. Amendment, work around for, you know, back to the good old days of, of slavery. You're having uh, the, a broken, the broken households where they're easily manipulated and controlled. And it's so much harder for them to climb that ladder and do those things because now it's, it's, it's illegal for it to be illegal to yeah. stop them. So how else can we do it? How else can we stop them? Mm. We make it all their shit is is crippled before they even really like get a chance. That shit's all by design. This shit ain't broken. It's, yeah, it's working exactly like how it's yeah. It's That's a whole true. system. It's a whole system. I want to get somebody on here. I want to. I think I'm gonna reach out to my man Echo. He manages actual Freeway Ricky Ross. I would like to get him yeah. on here to speak about the trauma and all that shit that has happened and. Even though he made millions and millions of dollars, but when you went to jail, all that shit went away, and they made you the scapegoat for like crack cocaine. Like if you the one that invented that shit, like yeah, nah, man. I, well, I, you gotta I, have you gotta have a fall guy, and it gotta be a black man. But yeah, because who who's already vilified? The, the, you know, the darker your skin, we immediately think. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, that's, that's a rabbit too. hole, yo. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a, are still in prison for weed and think about how many people are legally making millions off of it yeah yeah none of them look like us i've spent i spent my entire like my dad was a pothead my whole life growing up i spent my whole childhood scared my dad was gonna go to jail the last that he would let out seeing that you could buy like cbd in the mall or (laughs) weed at a weed at a fucking uh you know a van on a corner on any street in new york now like I'm my dad bad. in New York now, just seeing weed truck on every on every block, he's got to be just fucking shaking his head so hard it will fall. Off. Like, yeah, in Boston cool. like that too. In Boston, you have to treat the weed like a gun. You could have you could have up to a I think it's up to two ounces or an ounce, but you have to treat it like a gun. Meaning, you could keep it in your glove compartment; it has to be locked. Or you could keep it in your trunk, mm-hmm. and you keep it concealed if it's on your person. So you have to treat it like a gun, but it's still legal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you got that card, you safe in Boston. That's what I that's what I heard like the last time I went up there when I figured out how it was, you know what I mean? But yeah, we could we could we could jump down these rabbit you know what? That's the epi- name of this episode, rabbit holes. You know what I mean? Shit. Yeah, we can continue we can continue to go down. I, I know exactly down. shit. Well, there's been another episode of Don't Overthink It Podcast. This is one of our longer ones too. We on two. We definitely did overthink it. Fucking we broke the rules. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, shit. But yeah, I want to thank you guys for, you know, letting out some, uh, letting out, helping me let out some, uh, some of my traumas and shit. Y'all was just laughing at me too. Fuck y'all. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, let it out, bro. And you let out that, that sounded like a fucking squirrel getting molested. <laughs> <laughs> I got to I'm going to change up. I'm going to, I'm going I'm to practice a different you laugh can't, tomorrow. You can't, man. You got Bruce like fucking in the laugh complex worried about how he's laughing and shit i know i know man <laughs> a soundboard it just like that's <laughs> <laughs> all right that's all right do y'all remember this too i'm gonna end it off with this instrumental and not a lot of people will remember this song royce the five nine and primo ding 
Oh yeah. This beat. This doesn't even sound like a primo beat at yeah. all. Like not many chops or nothing. You remember this Ben Rock? Uh. And there's only yeah, one this version is, this of this out too. There's only one version of like him, um, like with the vocals and everything too. Because I heard that they recorded it one time and um something happened with the original that they couldn't duplicate it and shit. That's yeah, why the original not, version clean. sounds like it was made on like like an iPhone. Like you hear the doo doo like on Apple, like with a MacBook and shit like that. They said there's only like one version of him rhyming like to ding. But this Are shit you just specializing them. Yeah, that's yeah. that was off um uh, damn! What's this mixtape series called? Um, damn! Bar I'm, exam, I'm, bar exam, bar exam. Oh, yo, I'm I messed up on that one. Yeah. Oh shit! Y'all didn't tell me what y'all it's what y'all thoughts all was on Royce uh, on the crooked and I like it, Joel. I like it. it it's not. Nice. We totally it, forgot about that, Vinny. Yeah, it didn't I'm, live up to what okay. it should have been, but could you off it? Say what? I just figured you moved on. Hold up. I didn't hear you. You broke up. Say that again. I just figured you moved on. I didn't think you wanted to talk about it anymore. Oh, that's all. Yeah. I, I didn't hear it, though, so I can't really. I ain't really got nothing. Still, you still didn't hear it? Nah. Because to me, like, Joel can rhyme his ass off, but I don't know something about his voice and shit that's never really made me get into into him like that. I bought his House Slippers album. I actually bought it and shit because Heat Makers mm -hmm. made the whole thing. So I was thinking, like, you know, reminiscing a dip set and shit but i don't know something about joel ortiz i don't click with him crooked he has some joel. amazing fucking bars that make me like he's a rewind that mc matter of fact yeah, yeah. oh we forgot joel the segment, rewind that for me too yeah he is he kind of when i hear certain slaughterhouse albums yeah i think joel, we'll save, we'll save I, that i think joel's an underrated storyteller too yes 100 percent. really um, all right but but um but like the the uh, quick thought of it, I thought it was decent, and but I I like hard better. Okay, okay, yeah, we'll put a button on that one. And Vinny, uh, yeah, we were supposed to have a rewind that section this time around, but we got into a deep therapy yeah. session. <laughs> Shit. We'll start that. Mm -hmm. I said we'll make it a point to make. Yeah. Let's keep going. We'll, we can make it like all right. Hold on. Let's let's throw that on and keep going. Yeah, yeah, because um, yeah, that'll work. Because I'm gonna open up a notes topics thing and share with all of us, so we could keep adding to the notes for topics of you know what I mean. Yeah, fucking technology, man. I could just do that and share it with y'all and just add notes on there. That's fucking amazing. Oh, but hmm. I'm gonna close. I'm gonna close this shit out, fellas. If I keep talking, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna get, get more traumatic. I'm gonna start crying. But. This is another been another episode of Don't Overthink It Podcast. I'm your host, Dominican Johnny. I had to clock out. He had to be to work. He got to be to work at four in the morning. Uh, you know, Leal had to probably edit some uh, some of his YouTube episodes. Everybody, if you ain't um, up on him, uh, one six scale man on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And uh, Vin Rock has some amazing art, which he got yep, uh, he oversized he got it bigger that was a dope ass that could be his album cover yo i was looking for this parental advisory sticker in the bottom right corner of that picture that he took with all them oversized pictures of him just sitting on it with the head tilted like this to the side i'm gonna yo i'm gonna edit something do something about that but that that uh vincent dunn art 
on all platforms, all platforms. And he got some dope ass art. And it ain't just comic book art. It's Star Wars. It's hip hop shit. It's everything. It's everything. Fine art shit there too. So if you don't like the, the the superheroes or that type of stuff, there's some fine art like you know just regular you know animal shit, portraits and all that kind of shit. So I have some fine art type stuff there too. Yeah, my favorite is your my favorite is your um the diving woman. Oh my god, I gotta have that one. All right, gotcha. Every time I see it, I'm like, yo, did it make you waste in your pants? A little bit, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's a diving woman. I mean. It's dope. (laughs) It's super dope. All right, fellas, let me see. This has been another episode of the Don't Overthinking Podcast. I'm going to leave y'all with the realness. Anomaly Music for Oh, and happy belated birthday, DJ Premier, again. I've been playing the instrumentals the whole fucking night. Absolutely. Yeah. Good old Premier, man.